Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Door. Bumper. Clear. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Door Bumper Clear, presented by OfferPad. I'm Brett Griffin, and we have a lot to cover after It's Bristol, baby. Today we'll talk about everything relating to Kevin Harvick versus Chase Elliott, A.J. Allmendinger, and Austin Cindric's Xfinity Series race finish. The 2022 schedule finally came out, and Jenna Fryer will join us. There's also much, much more. Hey, Blake, bring it home. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the one truck, the two cup car, and welcome to the Bojangles studio. How about those Cajun filet biscuits I brought in this morning? I can't believe Hannah had never had a Cajun filet biscuit before this morning. We're, we're fixed up. We're, we're we're expanding the Bojangles menu for Hannah now. Yeah, I know it was good. I was uh, it was a good little treat. Thanks, Brett. You're welcome, Brett Griffin. <laughs> spotter this past weekend, Jeb Burton. We're off to uh, Las Vegas next weekend. I'm not spotting next weekend, Freddie, unless you need me to sub again. Yeah, what's up, Freddie Kraft? Spotter <laughs> for Bubba Wallace and Derek Krause this weekend. Got a big shout out to my buddy Brett for covering for me on Saturday, so I could go to Eddie Partridge's funeral. Friday. Friday, sorry, Friday, so that I can go to the funeral on Saturday morning. Uh, that was a tough deal, but long made for a long day Saturday. But we actually had a pretty good race on Saturday night, so that was uh, kind of made up for it a little bit. What's up, Hannah? Welcome back. Hello, hello. Excited to be back. I feel like everyone at Bristol predicted this because the amount of people that I had to ask me when I'm coming back on here, I was like, I don't know. And then Jason hit me with the text yesterday, so excited to be we back. We missed Speaking you. Of, we did? You know, I don't know if I can say the same about you guys, to be quite frank. Okay, get out. You're fired. <laughs> Poor Hannah. She had to clean up the mess that was in her chair when she got here. Yeah, we're going to need that biscuit back. <laughs> it's her whole her whole side of the table over there was a mess, was, I think maybe from Casey last week. Napkins, yeah, or she left. crumbs. You have been, Hannah, you have been probably the busiest you've ever been, right, this year? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, uh, I think by the end of the year, I'm going to have covered like 62 races or something. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the end of the season. Damn, can hurry up if it wants. And so, like, so what all series are you covering? Yeah, uh, literally everything. If it's got wheels and a motor, I cover it. Uh, I did all three NASCAR National Series this year. I did the World of Outlaw Late Models, Super Dirt Car Series, Big Block Racing, Cars Tour, IMSA. I'm doing some Arena Cross in the next couple weeks. So. It has been a busy summer. You know what's funny is <laughs> Hannah does all these races and traveling and stuff, but know. yet, whoa. <laughs> TJ almost had an epic crash. I almost had this okay. water bottle, and I promise you, if you spill this on me, I'm spilling it on you. You are probably the most knowledgeable female that I personally know. You're way more knowledgeable than me as a guy, as far as all the different say, kinds of. Say, let's, wait let's, a minute. Let's, let's quantify this statement. As far as knowing so much about so many forms of racing and knowing so many drivers within so many disciplines and understanding the craft that it takes to go into each of those series. So 
with you being this busy, because you can be too busy to have fun. Are you too busy to have fun, or are you having a blast covering all this stuff? Uh, there was a couple weeks where I was too busy to have fun, where I was like, okay, I need I need a couple days off. And uh, I still paint cars Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I went about two and a half months with like no day off. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to reevaluate how I'm doing things. So fortunately, the season's kind of starting to slow down, like, this week, I'm not going to Vegas. I'm covering the big Martinsville late model stock race at, uh, well, at Martinsville. That's fun. And, yeah, so the nice thing is, like, I'll have, like, kind of a Thursday, Friday off. Um, but it's been really fun to diversify everything because it was kind of new every time I was going to the racetrack, which was exhausting. Um, but I got to go to some incredible places with the Outlaws. I mean, I got to go to Laguna Seca with IMSA a couple weeks ago. Beautiful facility. Super cool to get to go to uh, Monterey. But yeah, it, it's definitely wore me out a little bit this year. My brain, I'm not sure how much more like random racing information I, it can take. I mean, take. you're still having fun. I saw you at Saeed's last night. Yeah. I mean, let's, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. let's not make it seem this like you're true. sitting on the couch doing nothing. Yeah, um, no, I'm definitely I thought you were too old to go to Saeed's now. Me? You're still young enough to go to Saeed's? Who are you talking, me or her? her. I was going to say, he I'm, was there I'm, with I'm, me. Freddie's a kid at heart the rest <laughs> of his life. I'm talking about <laughs> now, you literally in ages. So my years. justification for Saeed's, okay, is we were out running around day drinking yesterday. And we looked at our clock and we were like, okay, it's 7.15, 7.30. If we go, no one will be there. We can have the karaoke machines to ourselves. We can be out of Saeed's by 10.30 and it's great. Like you day drink all day. You're still in bed at a decent time. We're standing there and I hear a voice behind me and I'm like, you got to be me. And I turn around, in walks Brandon McReynolds. And I was like, oh no. And I go, who's all with you? And he goes, Everyone and not but five minutes later, here comes Freddie, Doug, the whole group. And I was like, How does this happen? Like, how do we all still end up? TJ and, and I have kids and we weren't there. And and now the, mm. the karaoke machine yourself is over because Brandon McReynolds has now taken it over because I mean the song all he does. would end and it would be no music playing and he would just start singing another song <laughs> until the next song. That's what came Brandon on. does. Here's here's the only thing, one more question I have to get to you before okay. we start the show. This blew up on Twitter. Is your dad okay? My goodness, what a oh crash. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so during the Xfinity race in Daytona, during the rain delay, I ran out to the parking lot, and he was racing a big super late model race back in Idaho at our home track at Meridian Speedway. And I'm watching on race monitor because I couldn't get the stream to load. And I see it's qualifying, and I see him go out because his name comes across the screen, and all of a sudden it goes red like it does on race monitor. And you're like, oh, shit. I thought he blew up or something, so I was like, whatever. I get on Facebook, see the picture of him eight feet in the air with his super late model. Like, that just doesn't happen. He's good. Got a broken rib. You know, can't do anything for that, but car is destroyed. Like, there is nothing salvage on that. For as bad as that look wrecked, for him to only have a broken rib is amazing. Yeah. I called him, and he's like, I'm forced retirement now. I'm done. I'm done racing supers. I'm just going to race the truck. I was like, probably a good idea, like, you know, to be done. Two weeks later, he calls me. Hey, I traded the truck for another super late model, so I'm going to Hermison in a couple weeks. I'm like, are you <laughs> me? Come on, dude. Spe- speaking of racing, obviously Bristol this past weekend, you know, NASCAR worries about ratings. These tracks, TJ, they worry about selling tickets. If those races don't sell tickets and they don't get good ratings, I don't know what will because those races – were absolutely insane. I thought the trucks were a little bit over the top with the yeah. crashes. I thought the Xfinity race was freaking epic, and I thought the Cup race was epic. Isn't that how it's supposed to go? Trucks are like the most inexperienced. Xfinity race was, I mean, how do you racing across, <laughs> wrecking across the start finish line? I mean, doesn't get much better than that as far as for a fan standpoint, in my opinion. You had a little bit of everything, so 
I thought it was a uh, good race, and I thought the track was in really good shape on Saturday night as well. That's probably one of the better Bristol races for some reason that I that I remember where both lanes were kind of usable. Um, you know, I, at certain points there were guys that were really fast on the bottom, and you know, you had to roll in there and kind of be really patient, really slow around the bottom. Then you had guys around on the top that were like right on the edge. You know, they could jump the cushion and 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 brush the fence, which I totally different driving style too, which I thought was fun to see. Yeah, I thought the same thing about the bottom. You know, I don't know if it got for our race anyway. We 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 were better on the bottom, so we would it would take thirty or forty yeah. laps to get going. But once we got going, everybody was on the top, and we could go to the bottom, and you could see guys that were struggling. They'd come up on a lap car, and all the lap cars were to the top for the most part. Like, they couldn't run the bottom. You know, it was just like, it was almost like you had to be one or the other. Like, your car was set up to run in the grip or out yeah. of the grip. Um, the bottom, for us, kind of went away late. We we faded a little bit, but, yeah, the I racing. Moved. Well, I saw you making ground up there one time, and you were kind of creeping in on us, and I'm like, look, man, I know you've been running the top, but Bubba's making up ground on the bottom in three and four here. So Brad moves down, and we kind of maintain, so and we you, start. You encouraged the block. Imagine that. <laughs> well, we didn't get to We us. weren't that close to block us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when you see a guy making speed up, I mean, you gotta you gotta try it. Yeah. For so sure. and Bubba, it wasn't much. It was a little bit like a half car length every single lap, but he was definitely making it work. And I so. think you see a lot of times there, especially um, the way it trends is the bottom of one and two, and the top of three and four kind of become yeah. the preferred grooves. And you can't run them both obviously in traffic, but you know if you can run the top of three and four, and then the bottom of one and two, I think was like some of the way to be- make the best lap time. But that's kind of why you see the side by side racing like you do because. The top lane's got a little advantage through three and four, and then it evens out a little bit where the bottom's got the advantage through one and two. So, you know, promote side-by-side yeah. racing. Like off you said, of the, two, the guy in the, the bottom almost clears him, yeah. and then off of four, the guy in the – I mean, it's it's just – it's good racing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't – unfortunately, I didn't get to see the, any of the Xfinity race. I saw the finish, obviously, on Twitter when I got back to the hotel that night, but uh, it sounded like it. You didn't miss race. much, right? <laughs> Typical crazy Bristol Xfinity race. You know, you only got – couple hundred laps to get it done. Guys are aggressive. There's lap cars in the way. Everybody's being super aggressive. I mean, you had some It was more big, bottom. It was more bottom feeding. Uh, for sure. Absolutely. The second lane, the only thing that came in a little bit higher was the second middle of the track in three and four. There was no high lane on both ends. And restarts, if you went to turn one in the second lane on a restart or a, at any point, it was just it would skate around a little bit, which it, it reminded me of an old Bristol. It raced a lot like an old Bristol. And and yeah. then the Saturday race was just freaking epic. But man, I was watching these races play out, and you can't help but fast forward to next year. And you're like, what does the next gen car do when we come back here? You know, is it going to be able to put on as good of a show? Because here's the thing: Saturday we're still going to have this epic Xfinity race, and Sunday, you know, is that new car going to be able to step up and 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 be able to rival that? Because I'll be honest with you, man, I was worried on Sun on Saturday that the Cup cars wouldn't rival Friday night's race, but they did. They turned around mm-hmm. and did, but with a new product, a lot of unknowns. And we won't know until we get to the second Bristol. That's the thing about it. I think we got done with the Xfinity race, and I didn't have high expectations for the Cup race. Like, yeah. after that Xfinity race, I was like, well, that was the race for the weekend. Like, we topped it. Everyone's going to walk away from Saturday being like, Xfinity is superior, which we hear all the time on Twitter. And, man, somehow they still ended up topping it. But uh, did any of you spot the ARCA race? No one? TJ wrecked it. I mean, we spotted it. I didn't know ARCA was there. Yeah, my guy wrecked. <laughs> Were you spotting uh, Gray? No. No, I was spotting for uh, Andy Jankowiak. Yeah, I don't understand why we have the ARCA cars running the same amount of laps as the trucks. 200 laps. When I saw that, I was like, ARCA, 200 laps, 31 cars. Oh, boy. How long yeah. did that take? 
a long time. Oh, no, I, didn't I think there was 11 <laughs> cautions. <laughs> he was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Thursday night was a long night with the trucks I, my and guy, the ARCA cars. I felt bad for my guy because they only have one car, and he's a Western New York guy where, where I'm from, and he <laughs> pinched this guy, and I'm like, inside, still there, still there. And he's like trying to make the guy lift, and the guy wasn't lifting, and he got in him a little bit off of two, and he did that whole arm sideways, then it hooked back to the right, then it hooked back to the left, then he hit the inside wall. Yeah. yeah. He's primarily a modified racer, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because he I know he ran at Richmond. He ran. He finished top ten yeah. at Riverhead on and Saturday. Riverhead, yeah. Yeah, he's been all over the place recently. Yeah, I've seen him run some stuff in Florida too. Yeah. Shout out to Colleg Racing. Obviously, Freddie and I have ties with those guys. Regular season champions. So cool. Quite the surprise for me. Not going to lie to you. If you had told me at the beginning of the season that they were going to beat Junior Motorsports, Penske Racing. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, and they were going to be the outright regular season champion, I would have told you that you're wrong. There's no chance. And holy cow, here they are. All three drivers have won. AJ's obviously won a lot of races on a lot of different styles of racetracks. Seems to be having the most fun he's ever had in his life. And that's a big accomplishment for a young team to go out and beat the teams that I just mentioned. And uh, I would say, and and I, I could be wrong, but I would say the favorites going into this thing, and this is probably stating the obvious, is Cindric with Penske and AJ with Colleg Racing. And that's against some big names at other big teams, Freddie. Yeah. I mean, I had a feel. I really felt bad for Chris Rice when I, I went back and somebody had tagged me in the video of the finish. And, you know, here's AJ sideways across the line, hits the inside wall, comes back across, and who's he get clobbered by? Yeah, the 11. Yeah. So it's like the, Chris just won the race and just destroyed two perfectly good race cars. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, awesome for Chris. Uh, I will say that, you know, they were – two three laps from that you know he would he was going to trade that for that champ the regular season championship at that point because with with that whole last run Cindric was just kind of they weren't going to catch him um and that that late caution you know if you would have told him hey we're going to get a late caution you're going to have two tour race cars but you're going to win the regular season championship i think he probably would have taken i'll it. take the deal <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, you know and, and that was going to be my question because i'm sure we're going to talk about it later in the show that the finish but you know at that moment, if you're A.J. Allmendinger and you know if you're going to finish in the top seven or eight there, whatever, uh, you know, if you're going to finish top five, you're going to win the regular season championship. Are you – is it worth it to risk that regular season championship to win that race? Yeah. It's got to be. It's five, it's five more points. Yeah, but I'm saying you're giving up five to go for five. Or you're giving up potentially ten to Cindric if you wreck. Okay, right. we're going to talk about that in a little bit, the the – Move for all of that. Okay. Yeah. So all right. in spot on spot We're off. getting too excited over here. Yeah. I'm getting, We're getting excited. Up. All right. Well, before we get things going, let's hear a little bit more about our presenting sponsor of OfferPad. So, Jenny, what makes you an awesome different driver? Well, there's a lot to it. Man, it's a rush. So what makes home selling with OfferPad awesome different? Oh, so much. But with OfferPad, it's a lot more home-selling stuff and a lot less bumping into people. I don't bump into anyone. Home-selling with OfferPad is awesome different. Request your free cash offer today at OfferPad.com. Viva Las Vegas. Hey, we're headed to Las Vegas for some crazy playoff racing this weekend, Freddie. 
Brett, please don't ever sing again. And did you know that Las Vegas is a market for our presenting sponsor, OfferPad? I think we should buy a vacation home there. Man, that's uh, that's a pretty dangerous idea given your past. But OfferPad makes the home buying and selling experience so easy, TJ, that everybody can do it. Yeah, I'm already selling both y'all's homes with OfferPad right now. I just logged on to OfferPad.com, completed the five-minute form, and you'll get a cash offer within 24 hours, boys. Well, thanks, TJ. If you live in Las Vegas area or want to move there, be like us and race on over to OfferPad.com today. When asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. Spot on, spot off. My voice is literally like cracking from karaoke last night. I sound rough. What songs did you sing? How many cigarettes? Uh, did you 1985, smoke? Bowling for Soup. I think I sang a Winona Judd song. Bowling for Soup. Yeah. Sing you know, that. You've never heard of them. That's the band. That's not the song. <laughs> yeah. Sing it. You sing something. From us. Yeah. I'm so not singing anything right now. So old. 1985. <laughs> bowling. I guarantee you've heard the song. You have, TJ. There's no way Brett has. Brett's probably heard it. It plays enough random no places. No chance. <laughs> oh, I've heard that. Yeah. 1985 or whatever. Okay. I do not know the words, but I have heard it. Um, time for spot on, spot off. Let's roll with this. Bristol only has one concrete surface race a year now. Obviously, they announced we're going to have dirt back next year, and only one of them is going to be concrete, both night races. We'll talk about the schedule later, though. Brett, spot on, spot off. Man, I'm going to be honest with you. The way the schedule got shook up this year, I'm just spot on. We're going to Bristol Concrete for one time because we saw a lot of big changes. Um, Look, there's this big argument, do we dirt, do we not dirt? And I'm a no-dirt guy, and I think that at the end of the day, this is a TV decision. That This is out of NASCAR's hands. I think this is out of Bristol Motor Speedway's hands. I think this is something that TV wants to see happen. And they want to see it happen so freaking bad that we're going to do it on Easter Sunday in primetime TV, do you think that they want that thing to be a success? My answer is probably so. So I think we're all just stuck for this year with one Bristol concrete race. And I think everyone inside of the industry, I can't say everyone. I think most of the folks that I know inside of the industry and most media members that I saw on Twitter are on my side. They want to see two concrete races and not just one, Freddie. Yeah, spot off. I, I think we said it on here. Like, I'm all, I'm all for a dirt race. Like, diversify the schedule. Have a dirt race. At a dirt track, uh, it should not have cost oh, us. It should not have cost us one of our best short track races of the year to to go have a dirt race somewhere. Um, you look at this weekend; every race, great finish. You know, every race had you know barn burner finishes, um, barn burner battles. What a great idea to make this a cutoff race in the playoffs because, like we talked about, you know, we'll talk about it here later. But the the drama that Bristol brings, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, it's just Bristol, you know, it's, what's the quote? It's Bristol, baby. That's all it is. You know, and that's it's what you expect. It's what you get every time we go there, no matter what configuration, what PJ ones laid down, it produces a, short track. a great short track race. And it just sucks that we have to give one of those up to have a dirt race. Yeah, I kind of agree. I don't think Bristol's built for dirt and Man, how do you get rid of one of them weekends, man? Even the day race, normally it's day race in the spring, night race in the fall. But, you know, I still think um, as far as a cutoff race, 
Great idea. Plate races and short tracks are going to make for great cutoff races, in my opinion. So this isn't going to happen because NASCAR owns Richmond and, and obviously SMI owns Bristol. But would you rather see Richmond sacrificed for a dirt race or Bristol sacrificed for a dirt race? Richmond. Mm. To Jason's favorite race. I thought Richmond was such a good race. Why are we sacrificing one? I would sacrifice one over the other. I would. I still wouldn't sacrifice. I would. I would stop covering racetracks and dirt and go to a dirt track. So, we have plenty of dirt tracks we can go to. You know what I was thinking? You mentioned the reason that we're putting dirt back on it has a lot to do with the TV push. I think so. So I'm going to contradict you here and say that I think the reason we're keeping dirt on Bristol is Bristol and SMI's opportunity to rent that facility out for more events than just NASCAR. They're going to bring World of Outlaws back. They're going to bring that big short track, you know, nationals, whatever, dirt car where they run 65 four bangers around that for two weeks. Yeah, so they're basically opening up tons of Bristol. Races. For two to three more weekends, opportunities to sell tickets, sell pit passes, and that kind of stuff. Because the pavement short track racing world went away from that. They were wrecking super late models. It was really fast. wasn't going well for them. So they've scratched that event. So I wonder if they you know, saw pretty good return on that last year and thought, well, NASCAR's going to come anyways. And this gives SMI and Bristol an opportunity I, to rent I, that facility. I think they absolutely have to go bang for their buck on it. But yeah. at the end of the day, we could go concrete in March, and then they've got all summer to do that. If they, if they still yeah. wanted to do that, right? I think from a NASCAR perspective, as an insider, we've got three three real short tracks. It's Richmond, Martinsville, Bristol, right? Um, and I don't think we should be taking dates from any of those three tracks to go do a dirt track race. I think if we're going to take a date, then that Pocono race that we just saw go away, make that be a dirt track. Right? Yeah. And I think there's enough tracks out there with two races that are – not producing great races right now that if we're going to start pulling dates pull it from one of those mile and a halfs and let's go texas but yeah, texas is a great example and i mean as <laughs> much as i hate to say this vegas is another great example yeah. and i'm talking about specifically tracks that are smi owned you know not not the nascar guys owned because this date is going to have to come from smi inventory it's just unfortunate it comes from their best track to do so all right, next one here. Both Kyle Busch and Christopher Bell pit for flat tires under green late in the race, and both of them barely stay above the cutoff line to advance. Freddie? Uh, you know, like kind of what we talked about. We, this Bristol creates drama. You know, they both cut tires. Bell pounds the fence after he cuts a tire. But you saw this a bunch of times through the race, the 18, the 20, the 10, the, the 9, the 11. All these guys had issues. You know, the, the, the 11 and the 5 barely touch each other down a front stretch and immediately cuts the right front on the 11 uh the damn four and the nine get together immediately cuts the nine's tire you know it's just you know this is what bristol brings you know this is it's just drama and and the biggest thing i took away from it especially on the 18 and 20 side is we have seen a lot of guys we talk about this a lot in the negative side talk about situational awareness and you know guys making mistakes and not knowing where the hell they are and, and making you know bad bad runs to pit road or whatever but the execution of the 18 and 20, this is not an easy pit road. This is a place that's easy to get lost. We've seen guys like Jeff Gordon get lost here and come down the wrong pit road, you know. Um, so to, to know which side of the racetrack you're on, get right down pit road as soon as your tire's down, blend up in the right spot, not speed. I mean, the execution there, if they make one mistake, they're out of the playoffs. So, you know, just situational awareness, knowing where you're at, knowing which side you can enter, which side you can blend off of, their execution was – perfect and it needed to be because they only both made it by you know less than five points so i mean if they if they come down the wrong pit road and have to make a whole lap around the racetrack on pit road you're going to lose multiple laps and now you're probably out of the playoffs uh 
I mean, that's just short tracking spot on for uh, that. That's what happens there. And you hate to see it, but that's just short track race. And there's guys get into each other. Guys have problems. We get to mile and a half. There's way less contact when you're going 190 mile an hour, 200 mile an hour. So you put all these guys, you put that many cars at a, at a place like Bristol, there's going to be contact. So that's just, uh, why we like going there too. Cause things happen, you know, nobody, if nothing happened there, who would, who would watch, you know? And I think when you got guys messing up, a guy like Christopher Bell messing up, getting into the wall, which to me is an error. And like, why, why is he pushing that hard at that? Well, point? he blew, he blew a right front. That's, that's how he got the fence. But what did it, what caused he the right? He just, he said it's just, blew, oh, okay. Like, it like, ha- okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that stinks. So yeah. Tough luck there, but way to yeah. way to execute. Like I don't said. know what happened with with Kyle because I don't think Kyle had any. I don't. He might have had contact coming through the pack, but he didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but he just got the right front. This analogy ain't gonna be a hundred percent accurate, but these bodies on these cars are fragile, in the in the Cup Series. I mean, it's almost like they're paper thin. The eleven and five didn't really hit that hard, and man, the left rear, the five was just almost destroyed from it. Obviously, Danny got a flat tire. You watch Xfinity Series guys beat and bang with those composite bodies; they're a lot tougher. I think that is foreshadowing for what we should see with this next gen car. That the body is going to be a lot tougher, and the beating and banging that we all, you know, have grown to love for NASCAR racing is going to be more prevalent without these guys having this kind of danger. Um, but at the end of the day, this was drama. And I was watching from home, and I was jumping up and down, going crazy, because here we are, two really of the top four contenders. I mean, let's face it, Kyle Busch, amazing guy. Christopher Bell, he's had a great season. And all of a sudden, these guys may be out because of a flat tire. So um, spot on for the drama, uh, spot off for how weak the bodies are. But I think we're fixing that. Like well, the, the, the main concern that I – the counterpoint to your point there with the bodies are, yeah, the bodies are going to be tougher next year. The problem might be the stuff that's underneath the body not being as tough and not promoting right wheel to wheel, you know, banging into each other. If you brush the wall like the in this new braces? car, no, like the aluminum arms that we could connect our suspension. You well, know, you're talking about like upper control. Arms yeah, and stuff. Uh, you know, if you start brushing the wall, we're hearing these things don't. They're not very durable, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're talking aluminum pieces that probably aren't going to hold up as well as what we have now. Um, It'll be interesting to see. We don't know. You know, obviously that's what we're doing testing. Uh, we're not going to. I would assume we're not going to wreck anything. But that's kind of my point. Was what we were talking about the Coliseum last week. Was we're going to stress test this stuff right, right out, out of the of gate. gate. <laughs> so we'll see. But you know, it'll be interesting. Um, speaking of drama, there was contact from Kevin Harvick as he cuts Chase Elliott's tire down. Chase pits and says that fucker does this every week to get a flat tire. F- him. <laughs> wow, that's aggressive. <laughs> TJ. I think I need to hand that actually to Jason. <laughs> I'm going to come to TJ on this one. Did this nope. did this move remind you of anything? Uh, <laughs> uh slightly but not nearly um not, I mean not nearly as bad. No. But, but I know I've been on the receiving end of this before. So Chase, if you don't remember, this was last year, right? 2020. Mm-hmm. The first race last year, Chase Elliott Throws it in the corner in turn three, gets loose, and stuffs Joey Logano in the fence. Well, this is after Joey passed him clean uh, yeah. without touching him, and then Chase hits him in one and then destroys him in So, three. and Chase got out of the car and said, I was just going for the win. You know, so I got screwed up. Sorry about that. But, you know, I was going for the win. What's the difference? Like, it's okay for you to go for the win, but it wasn't okay for Harvick to go for the win here? Listen, I get it. Chase has every right to be mad, but have a little bit of, you know, 
memory here where you just did this to somebody else at and times 10 because you took it, both of you out of the race. Well, that's already forgotten. For yeah. you. That doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just I can't stand the fact that, you know, oh, it, it's okay for you to just go for the win, but nobody else. All right, look, I'm spot on because this is what we – doesn't matter who the people are. This is what short tracking produces. This is what happens. And it could have been for first. It could have been for 10th or whatever. But the race, I mean, we were racing our tails off for 6th or 7th around that time. And I'm watching these leaders battle, too. And they are catching, like, it was all a timing game. And it was, honestly, I didn't want it to end. I didn't want, I wanted that race to keep going because it was, it was just fun to watch, man. You know, these guys are... Does he run the bottom here? Does he get pinned? What's this guy do? Where's this lapper go? What's what's gonna happen? But this is uh, you know, they got together and I don't I don't think Kevin Harvick's gonna go in there and risk hitting his right front on a left rear and flattening his own right front, just like Denny. Denny didn't go in there and expect to cut his right front tire. He's just racing. And that's what happens. One guy he stays six inches lower on the straightaway than they did the last lap, they're gonna hit, you know, and I think before I let you finally talk, I think it almost caught Harvick by surprise because there was a lap car there, and I think Kevin thought he had Chase wedged behind the lap car, and the lap car was the 52. I'm not sure who was yeah. driving it. Probably Balicki, if I had to guess. Um, did a great job to get out of the way. He moves up and gives Chase that middle, and I, I'm not surprised. I'm not 100% sure it just didn't catch Kevin off guard that Chase was back out there already. But, you yeah. know, this is Brett short track racing. I think it's pretty simple. I think Freddie summed it up well. I'm going to spot on you for that. I'm going to say if you're the one doing the screwing, you're usually pretty happy. <laughs> Are we if talking you're about the one, Bristol still? If you're the one getting screwed, you're usually not happy. Chase was screwing Logano, <laughs> and Chase was happy. Chase got screwed in the Harvick situation. Chase wasn't happy. I think when you come out on the short end of the stick, you're mad. When you're the guy who's taking advantage of the other guy, you're like, oh, man, I'm sorry. And it just didn't play out that way. And obviously it led to the bigger drama that Hannah's about to cover now. Yeah, that leads us to our next one. Uh, with Chase Elliott holds his line while racing the leaders. Late as teammate Kyle Larson passed Harvick for the win, Harvick said, I just told him it was kind of a chicken move he did at the end. You want to start with you on that one there? I mean, I'm glad to start. Look, I think Chase brought up the fact that he was mad from Darlington, that he felt like this has happened multiple times with him and Kevin. I think he felt like he was slighted. And I think had Chase Elliott come off of pit road and his playoff bubble been on the line, that he would have hammered down and drove around as many race cars as he possibly could. But he come off pit road, he went up and he sideswiped Kevin Harvick. And look, that alone – could have cut Kevin's tire down. That alone could have ruined Kevin's race. And when it didn't, I think Chase chose to get up in front of Kevin Harvick and ride until the opportunity presented himself to return the screwing, and that's what he did. And, and I think if you're NASCAR, um, if, if you're NASCAR, you're in a pickle here because this is obviously changing the outcome of the race. And it's pretty obvious based on the dialogue between Kevin and Chase via radio and via post-race that this was obvious. Um, but here's what I'm going to say the positives are. Man, Chase Elliott is not chicken shit. That is a false claim by Kevin Harvick. He jumped out of his car with no helmet on and went straight to Harvick. And I saw crew guys from the four kind of lurking behind Chase and around Chase. I didn't see a lot of Hooters guys there to protect their guy, and I didn't see one bit of chicken shit fear in Chase Elliott throughout this whole process. We saw him tangle on the racetrack. 
We saw him tangle again on the racetrack. We saw him tangle on pit road. We saw him tangling again with the Jordan Bianchi situation. And then we saw him, TJ, go up in a hauler. And at no point did I see a scared Chase Elliott, despite the fact that Kevin had Josh Jones with him the whole time, Mike Arning with him the whole time, whoever this T-shirt guy was that ultimately went after Jordan <laughs> Bianchi. It's pretty clear they had he had three or four guys in his corner the whole time. I pretty much saw Chase on an island with what looked like two female uh, PR ladies, PR representatives kind of in mm-hmm. the distance who are going to be of zero help to that guy if all hell breaks loose. Yeah, I didn't see – Chase wasn't backing down, and he shouldn't back down. And uh, I give it to Chase for that, for sure. I think Chase handled it well. Other than, you know, I don't – he's done his – like, I do think Freddie has a point on the other deal there, you know, but I didn't like that he, that he actually waited for him, I feel like. It didn't – if it lines up naturally, fine. But I feel like he passed a lap car and kind of took off that. Would you see that? He passed that one lap car and kind of took off from them guys a little bit, and then he's like, oh, here they come back to him again. So, I don't know. I know Chase was mad, and, like, everybody handles stuff differently, and it's just is what there, he chose to do. Is there a more satisfying feeling than what Chase Elliott got to experience at the end of that race? Like, this guy just cut my tire, cost me a shot to win the race. I'm going to run here and ruin his race. I'm, I'm going to cost him the win. And he did. And – I don't know how I, – if I was Chase Elliott, I would have the biggest smile on my face watching that five car take that checker flag knowing I just cost Kevin Harvick the race after what he did to me. And, you know, now if I'm spotting for the four car, yes, I'm going to be upset. But it should be expected. You just took this guy's chance to win the race away. Here he is. He can choose to drive off if he needs to, which he didn't need to. His, his playoff position was secure. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to do that. Now it's your turn to, to counterreact that. And – Go up there. get If you can get to him, knock him out of the way. Wreck him again. I mean, that's your option because guess what? At that point, you know he is doing – I think when, when he got in front of Kevin, Kevin had a, over a second lead, and you could just watch it. I was watching the highlights mm-hmm. back then, and you could just watch it dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. Carling. Until Carling. The, yeah, Carling. Until the five got oh, there yeah. and beat him. You know, So you know what's going on. You have to figure out a way to counteract that and – you should have shipped could, him, yeah, man. You should have just got there and wrecked him again. Like if that's that's your only option, it's either wreck him again or sit there and take what's getting ready to happen to you because it's coming. I, I think uh, the bigger drama was not what we were talking about on the track. I think the biggest drama of the whole freaking weekend was after the wreck when when those guys started going at it. And I actually loved every aspect of that right up until I saw Jordan Bianchi get confronted by Kevin Harvick for trying to do his job. Um, but, again, I, I don't know what the relationship is between those two guys. And then I saw Jordan Bianchi get confronted by a rando or a random person. T-shirt guy. Um, we I'm call trying him, to find that video because I haven't we call seen him, that We part. call him T-shirt guy. T-shirt guy. Um, Jason and I reached out yesterday to Jordan Bianchi and asked him to come on the show. He, well, he didn't want to come on the show. He didn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want this story to be about him, which I completely respect. Reached out, to jo- reached out to Josh Jones, wanted him to come on the show. He was he was busy this morning. He couldn't come on the show because a lot of people on Twitter were, up, were, were, were going after Kevin saying, oh, this guy needs this big entourage. I wanted Josh to be able to explain why there was an entourage there. I don't think Kevin needs that, with by the Kevin. way. Um, but he always has one, TJ. Yeah. He always has one. Um, Josh couldn't come on. But Jason was good enough as producer of Door Bumper Clear to go find Jenna Fryer who is somewhat of a huge name with Associated Press, to come on the show. So uh, I think, Jason, you ready to bring her in? Yeah, let's get her on the phone. (laughs) 
right, cool. So speaking of Jordan Bianchi, um, we've got one of my favorite media members who is on the West Coast this morning and got up at 6 a.m. to be able to look pretty on camera for us. Jenna Fryer, welcome to Dorp Upper Clear for your second appearance on, on your favorite podcast. Oh, it's my favorite? Yes. You told me Don't that. Tell Don't tell Dale Jr. Don't tell Dale So, so Jenna, before Who's we that? dive into all the all the things Bristol-related, I've got to ask you this question because you and I have been going to these races a long time and watching them a long time. Round one of the playoffs, we had Darlington, we had Richmond, we had Bristol. Have we ever seen a more exciting round of, of first round of playoffs eliminating drivers than what we just watched? Oh, I don't know. I think that's hard to say. Um, you know, yes, it's a good round, but I, I don't know that you can rate them. You know, there's been a lot of uh, playoffs where the guys that you think are supposed to drop out, drop out in the first round, and they're not so exciting. This one was pretty good. Um, there's been others, but you can't really rate them because the tracks change and the players change and and the teams change. But it, it's been good, and then it was a little explosive the other night. But that, but that was for a win, not to advance. Was there anybody that didn't advance that surprised you? Um... No, no. Um, so McDowell, Almarola, Reddick, Kurt Bush, and Kurt. Oh yeah, Kurt surprised me. Yes, yeah. correct. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have picked Kurt. Yes. Yeah. Neither, neither will we. All right. So, so we're going to dive into this thing. As a reputable media member here in the garage, I have to ask you the question. And and we're going. We're skipping the drama with Harvick and Chase, and we're going straight to the drama. With Jordan Bianchi, you put yourselves in his shoes. You put yourself in his shoes, and you're standing there, and you're capturing content that you think is worthy in a public space. How do you handle a driver, especially a driver like Kevin Harvick, coming over to you asking you to stop? Um, I probably politely move out of the way, but you, you know, there's you. you I, I don't know. I probably am a little bit nervous if Harvick's in my face the way it looked like, and I probably, you know, put the phone down and move away. But, you know, back up a little bit. I don't know if you guys have touched on this. There was actually two media members that, that I'm aware of that were filming. There's there, So there's two different angles. There could be more. Um, you never saw the other person. Um, you can You can find Nate Ryan's video is from a different angle than the than jordan's and so i think that there is a little bit of a difference in their approach um not even from the television uh overheads that i ever see nate in the scrum so i think maybe if jordan had not been right there in harvick's line of vision it's a little bit it goes differently yeah so if harvick comes over says stop you politely stop okay jordan chose not to stop and uh, he he acted like he was going to stop, and then he kind of well. Went. Hold on, I, I I stop in that moment that Harvick asks me, but I probably just move and reset and resume. Yeah. So go ahead. So Jordan didn't move, and he resets and he resumes again, and then here comes some random guy in a t-shirt <laughs> who is credentialed. <laughs> Freddie and I watched the video last night. We didn't recognize the guy. Um, we saw that he was credentialed, which means that he registered with NASCAR and able to, able to be able to get that credential. As a media member, how do you deal with a fan, what appears to be a race fan, squaring you off and now challenging you and basically saying, you're not going to video this guy. I'm going to stop you. Yeah, so that's a problem. Um, <laughs> you know, every the, the media has the right to do their job. Um 
Jordan and, and NBC and Nate Ryan and whoever else was there, they were in a public space. And this person that we're talking about, I assume, is not an official with NASCAR, with SHR, um, with KHI, you know, I, I'm assuming, right? And and I thought it was pretty hard to get into the garage these days anyway. So So now you've got this guy who has cleared you know, all the protocols to earn access to the garage. And he just randomly rolls up, you know, Jordan has as much of a right to be standing there as this guy does. And Jordan's doing his job and this guy's interfering. And I've always had a problem. I don't think crew guys should interfere. I, you know, I don't think NASCAR officials should interfere. If guys want to talk it out and it leads to shoving and, and, and punching or whatever, okay that's that's what happens and when you get that big scrum i'm like what are we doing like step back let them have their peace so now you've added a random who has access to this i'm like name me one other sport that you can think of where just some random person can just enter into the scene and and do something so this is my last question on tuesday <laughs> nascar looks over all this stuff from the weekend they review all the stuff from the weekend you're not you're not a media member anymore. You're now a NASCAR official in this meeting on Tuesday. Should they identify who this person is and should they penalize suspend this random fan who essentially squared off on a media member that is again like you said trying to do their job? What what would you do if you were in charge? That's a good question. Um you know, I, I reached out to NASCAR yesterday and I told them that I was alarmed by that aspect of the situation. Um, and because I also don't think NASCAR, you know, there was a NASCAR official at one point in, in that scene who was kind of pointing at, at you know, at media and, and, and trying to break it up. I don't think anyone should be doing that. So I sent them a note. I'm expected to hear something today. I haven't heard anything, their response yet today. I don't know. Um, you're you're you stating my question. <laughs> you no, sound like me. Do you identify that guy? I don't know. I mean, you know, you could probably find out you can ask around and find out it's clearly someone in the khi world you know it's he was there with josh jones who you guys haven't asked me about josh and that whole thing but you know he was yeah, there yeah, as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so um i don't know if you need to identify him if people really need to know who he is you can probably find out um should he be allowed back on an infield this year no probably not Probably not. I mean, I but I don't and I but I don't think you do anything to the four team or or to Kevin or you definitely know, not. I think no. Made, this guy. This yeah. it's, I mean, what I'm watching, Jenna, is one guy. Yeah. No matter his affiliation, yeah. I'm I'm watching one guy make the decision to interfere with a media member who is attempting to do their job in a face to face confrontation, challenging that if you don't put the phone up, I'm going to punch you in the face. If I'm a guy, is that what he said? No, but if I'm a guy, that's how oh. I take this. If I'm Jordan Bianchi and that guy squares me off. That's how I take it. I mean, this. I was a big guy. He was a big guy. Yeah. 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 I mean, because Jordan's six foot. Jordan's not a small guy. That was, yes, that was a big guy. So, um, I think that I would, you know, I it was unpleasant. I, if, I, if it was me and most anyone else and that large man, you know, the whole situation. From the minute Harvick comes up to Jordan, I think that you've got, a, you know, you're in a sticky, sensitive situation and you probably should, you know, move or or readjust or get out of Harvick's sightline uh, at minimum and, and chase the sightline. 
Um, but that doesn't mean you have to go away from the situation. And then that guy interfered and he had no right to interfere. And I, I believe that NASCAR truly knows that, that that's correct. I just don't know how they really fix it aside from telling this guy he can't come back. So, so I, but I don't know. What if he's a sponsor? Yeah. So, so I actually disagree with you guys that, that I think if you find out, so listen, we reached out to NASCAR comms last night. They don't know who this guy is. We reached out to Josh Jones. He claims he doesn't know who this guy is. Um, but I think if it comes back that this is a KHI guy or if this is a sponsor, associate sponsor on the four car, there should be repercussions to the four car for this. Now, I'm not saying you got to, you know, take away points. I'm not saying you got to do what. But I remember, you know, growing up NASCAR, you know, short track racing, if your crew member went over and punched a guy in the face, guess what? The driver was getting suspended because he's responsible for the actions of his crew. So now maybe maybe you're not taking points away. Maybe you're not going to do anything on the racetrack, but maybe you lose hot passes. So you know, this happened. And, and that's, and that's, a, and that's a, uh, a deterrent to teams now. If you can't all of a sudden bring your sponsors in, you know, that's going to make you yeah. vet this process more of these people that you give these hot passes to. Didn't that happen at Eldora with uh, Bobby Pierce's crew guy? He had to withdraw the first night. Yeah, Bobby Pierce just got thrown out of the World 100 because his crew guy punched an official on over the a four wheeler rule. But that's <laughs> yeah. a whole another. But can of you know what I'm saying? Well, you know. you, you yeah. probably shouldn't punch officials. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I think there's still accountability. In play. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I don't think, do that. I think that if if the, if you can trace this back to a sponsor or a KHI, you know, somebody with KHI that's that was doing this to Jordan, there should be repercussions to that team or to Kevin's deal there, whatever. But. I mean, there should Listen, be something. So, somebody let the guy in, right? Yeah. You know, somebody had to submit his paperwork. What's the big so deal he's, about he's, video? And you're on the big screen, the jumbotron, the track they, in they front did, of they, all. So, so I talked to Josh Jones last night, and now I guess is the perfect time to dive into this. We'll let Jenna be a big part <laughs> of it. So, TJ, I talked to Josh Jones last night, and he essentially said, A, he did not know he was on TV, and B, <laughs> I mean, B, he had a brand new sponsor with Subway there. Uh, first debut race they're trying to win the race obviously Kevin he said to me Kevin was the most upset I've ever seen him right that's what he said and mm -hmm. he was Josh Jones on his account said Jenna that he was simply trying to de-escalate the situation and keep Kevin from doing anything stupid <clears throat> I don't Sorry. know. Kevin was pretty mad when him and Biffle had each other by the collars. I was going to say, I've seen him yeah, slide I mean, across like, the hood of a car and try and kill someone before. So, yeah, I mean, that's a big, <laughs> you know, that's, we're talking a big, you know, scale of that's the maddest he's ever yeah. seen Kevin Hart. <laughs> he did have those eyes where he was mad, but I don't know if that was the maddest I've ever seen him in an instance. Listen, I mean, that. that dude jumped on Ricky Rudd's hood. Yeah. Once, you know, like, I who asked, messes with the rooster? I <laughs> at, Jenna, I asked Josh to come on the show. He couldn't. He had a sales meeting this morning. But I said, hey, what do you want me to tell our listeners? And that's what he wanted me to tell the listeners. So that's what I conveyed. Um, listen, listen, for, for him to say he was trying to de-escalate the situation is absurd. Because the <laughs> fact that he was standing there with his – you could see him chirping the whole time Chase was talking. You could see the reactions of his you know, hair going, head going back and, and <laughs> laughing every time Chase said something. I don't know how Chase kept his cool as long as he did. But for him to say he was de-escalating the situation – couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> there, there's a moment at where um, Chase says something to Kevin, and Josh is like, oh, like "Exactly." You, can't even believe, you know, I, I think that's a little damning to Josh's argument. Like it, he was de-escalating. Yeah. Like it's not even your it's not even your argument. Just let them let them talk to each other. Like 
I, yeah. I have, I have I mean, been a business manager before the driver. I have obviously taken a lot of sponsors to the racetrack. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I certainly support what Josh is saying he was trying to do. His antics may, may speak differently. Switching gears. How does Chase hold Elliott – Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. Hold on. I, I, hold on. I don't think that – you know, Josh could have been there, but he also could have been backed up. You know, Mike Arning was there. Um, in the red shirt. In the, in the front – yeah. yeah, Mike Arnie was there, not his first rodeo with a driver losing his temper. No. And he's just standing off to the side. It's not his, you know, it's not his problem. Josh could have been there. And, and if things escalated and he needed to step in and grab Kevin, great. But, you know, Josh was right there. He, you know, he was right in it. And I think that, that that's the difference. Um, you know, yeah, you want to protect him and, and you want to protect your client and you and your friend. Um, but go back to 2015, was it, when uh, Jimmy went over to the bus at Chicago to apologize for whatever had happened on track and Kevin came out, you know, swinging. Josh was there, too. You know, jo Josh likes to be in the mix. And I think that Josh would admit that. You, you brought up a great point on Twitter about that on, on a Saturday night. And you basically said, Chase Elliott, this is not over. Kevin Harvick is going to do something to you. Do you believe that still? I mean, you know, the old Kevin Harvick for sure. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, just from and not having talked to Kevin much this year, but from, you know, from back at this level, Kevin seems to be a little bit more muted this year, uh, maybe a little bit more calmer. And, I, you know, I don't know if that's performance related. I, I do know that um, something flipped in him when he became a father. He, you know, if you go back to Texas when he shoved Keselowski into that uh, thing with Gordon that that escalated it Brawl. and turned it into a fight. Yeah. The next week, Kevin, the next week was the Phoenix. And Kevin did not want to do media. He told NASCAR no. He was not going to come in and do the media. And um, NASCAR was going to let him get away with that. And everybody was like, you know, he, he can't do that. He's racing for a championship, blah, blah, blah. And Kevin ultimately came and he did the media and he said that he did the media because he's a father now and he realizes he needs to set a better example and, um, you know, that his actions, you know, have consequences now that his child sees. So old Kevin Harvick, the guy before who, you know, jumped on Ricky Rudd's hood and grabbed Biffle by the neck and all, you know, drove his truck up to the doors of the NASCAR hauler. You know, that guy, yeah, he's going to get you. Um, he's not going to forget, and he's definitely going to make it hard on Chase um, every chance he gets, I suspect. Um, is he going to flat out wreck him? I, that, that seems kind of but, I, you know, who knows? Who knows? Where, Ke where, Kevin doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't take things. No. Where, where does Chase get the nickname Clyde from all of a sudden? Why, why are you guys That's calling him name. Clyde? That's his, isn't that his name? Yeah, that's his yeah. name. Or isn't that, I don't think many people know I, that, though. <laughs> or if it's not his name, it's part of his name or, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Chase I, I is think his middle name. he's been Clyde for a long time. Yeah, his whole life. <laughs> well, thanks for getting up early out there on the West Coast. How was IndyCar out there? I love Laguna Seca. Hannah was just talking about going there. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It, uh, it's pretty nice. I think that um, it's a nice course. It's it's a really expensive area so bring yeah. all your money um it, it's a nice course it's a nice race it would be cool if you could you know try the xfinity cars out here or something um 
And it, it was, not, you know, I don't know if you guys know anything about the track, the corkscrew, the famous corkscrew, where you had Ramon Grosjean just like passing cars at will in the corkscrew, including Jimmy Johnson, who he ran off course. And that was Jimmy's best race. That was his best race out of, you know, I don't know, race 11 or whatever he's he's been in. He had his best, most complete race. So it was a decent day. Didn't Grosjean wreck the NBC pace car? Did I say yeah. that? Uh, yes. The yes. pace car for uh, NBC he footage. <laughs> he who's did. He, who's he, he drive um, for? Oh, Dale Coyne. <laughs> well, he, he drives for Dale Coyne. He'll be with Andretti next year. Um, he, yeah, he, they were doing something and it's it's not a, you know, it's not a race car. And, and it's my understanding that the brakes weren't up oh. to um, what he was, the levels he was pushing it at. And when he came in to pit in, he smashed into the tire barrier, and both airbags went off. Thanks for your perspective. Yeah. Thanks for getting up so early. Get back to the best uh, coast. On that note, you're out. Safely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, John. Bye, guys. See, See you later. So awesome that Jenna jumped on. Hannah, obviously, you're a huge member of the motorsports community media. Uh, when you watched that whole thing play out, what was going through your mind on behalf of Jordan Bianchi? See, I feel like I get a different perspective because I've been a driver and I've been pissed and I've been in that moment where you just do not want anyone around you to film it. You're in the moment. You're having a conversation with someone. But... I always learned if you don't want anyone to film it, take it somewhere it can't be filmed. And they finally kind of obviously took that hint, went to the trailer, figured it out there. So um, I think Jordan did exactly what he's paid to do. I mean, you're paid there to get insider stories, to get content that no one else has. Everyone's trying to get that next thing. And Jordan did what he's paid to do. And unfortunately, when you're a driver, you are at the discretion and the understanding if you're in a public space, whether it's race fans, media, whoever, what happens can be and will be recorded. Um, yeah, that was not cool for whoever got in his face. Well, let me and just tell you this. he composed himself it, better than I would if have. If anybody gets in your face and Dylan's not around, you just text me and I'll come help <laughs> okay, you. Okay, great. She I put her phone on and be like, what a d- – Brett will get, <laughs> yeah, I to the Brett will get on my shoulders and punch that guy. <laughs> 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 oh, that was the place. That was Bristol's where you – Scene oh, of the crime. Oh, yeah. Scene of the crime. Scene of the crime. Moving oh, on. yeah. This Store Bumper Clear podcast is brought to you by our amazing friends over at RacingUSA.com, which is America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise. RacingUSA.com has a wide assortment of the newest officially licensed diecasts, apparel, hats, helmets, novelties, and collectibles for the sport's most popular drivers, many of which are exclusive to RacingUSA.com. For example, RacingUSA.com currently has more than 500 different collectible diecast cars Available for 39 different drivers, including this weekend's Kyle Larson's race-winning diecast. Kyle Larson, man, he's won a lot of races. Items in your cart are automatically discounted. You can upgrade your orders to expedited shipping at no additional cost. You are guaranteed the lowest pre-order prices, and your in-stock orders are shipped the next business day. You are doing business with an independently-owned company that has met the test of time for more than 20 years. You can also enter to win this month's $200 gift card. Why would you not shop with RacingUSA.com? So whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, definitely go visit RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, Brett, they can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And, and there's really no shame these days in, in, in getting help when you need it. It can, man. And you got to be careful and uh, you don't want to carry that around by yourself. That's where these guys come in handy. Whether you've been in therapy uh, or new to the process, BetterHelp will give you the tools and to positive thinking and coping skills and how to manage those boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy is not just for those with major traumas. You know, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out one brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bumper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bumper. All right, we still have a couple more topics here on Spot On, Spot Off. Uh, circling back here to the Xfinity race, Austin Sendrick's move on AJ Allmendinger coming to the checkered flag in the Xfinity Series race. Obviously wild. TJ, you can start it. Uh, I mean, uh, that's just... A guy that got had the race won and got used up and didn't appreciate it and was trying to, you know, I felt like he was pretty angry coming back to the line. And if he didn't have to clear a guy off a of two, it, he probably would have gotten him in the middle of three and four. But he's just trying – whoever wins that race right there is pretty much going to – I think A.J. needed to be one other spot back. Otherwise, if A.J. finished second, does he still win it? Yeah, he won by ten, so – so he did? Yeah, but there's a there's a gap. There's, what, three bonus when points? When he was third, winning, so. he lost. He was losing. So I don't know if AJ had to win that or not. But In his mind, he had to win it. Well, it showed. <laughs> <laughs> but look, man, that's that's short tracking stuff, and AJ did what he had to do when, he got, when his opportunity came up. When AJ had his opportunity, he took it. Austin felt like that was his opportunity to maybe, and if he catches him at the right spot, he might still win that race right there. You never know. So... But exciting finish, two guys. Those are the two guys that have been battling all year, and I don't feel like either one of them really left really mad that that mad at each other either. I don't. I, I mean, I didn't. I listened to Austin's interview, and I knew he was upset, but I don't feel like he's carrying a, a, a severe grudge, you know, to the next race or not throughout the championship. I, I go back to when AJ Allmendinger and Austin Cindric wrecked to start the season. And it was a huge wreck with a stage win on the line. And for me, man, that set the tone for this year as to how hard these two guys are going to race each other and leave it all on the track. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I've got to give a shout-out to Austin Cindric because I watched him come on the scene as a guy who was recognized as a good road course racer and not a guy who was really uh, an oval guy, not a guy that we thought could win an oval race and here he is an Xfinity Series champion going to take Brad Keselowski's spot in the two car uh this guy has probably improved more as a race car driver than any driver I've ever watched in NASCAR history to go from where he was when he came on the scene to where he's at right now and to go after it all right here coming to the checkered I promise you every crew guy on his team was proud to be on his team because that's the guy you want to go to work for every single day at the race shop building fast race cars to have have him go out there and leave it all on the line to try to win the race. And that's what he was doing. And the show that AJ and Austin and Justin Algar put on at the end of that race was freaking epic. I mean, I remember like a Dover truck race back. This was when Bubba was racing. So it had to be, you know, 14, 15. Uh, maybe Bubba wasn't racing. I can't remember. But it was like his first year, maybe his first oval start of any kind in that Dover truck for Brad. And he went out there and I was like, this guy is terrible. 
Like, he was seconds off the pace. And I was like, really? They're just going to stick this kid in this stuff because, you know, if Tim Sendrick, his dad, is whatever, the president or something. Yeah. At, That'd at be about Penske. 16 or 17. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Bubba probably is gone. But I, that, that day alone, I saw him bridge that gap by the end of practice to where he was – you know, the next practice out there, he was maybe a second off or whatever, and then he just continued to get better and better and better every time he ran. So to your point, yeah, I mean, the the, the marked improvement from where he started to where he's at is incredible. Uh, going back to the race, it just seemed to me like nobody could hold the bottom. You know, uh, AJ goes in there, kind of slides up off the bottom, slides into Austin. Then the seven gets to the lead. He goes in there, slides up into Austin. Then AJ comes to the checker. He misses the bottom of three and four, lets Austin back underneath him. Uh, just guys going going for it. But, uh, you know, my biggest question I touched on earlier was, is it worth the risk? You know, is it – are you trading five – are you you're potentially giving Austin – we talked about it. Those are the two favorites. Austin Sendrick, AJ Allmendinger, those are the guys that you're got circled right now to race for the championship. If AJ goes in there – you know, door slams Austin and spins himself out. Austin goes on to win the race. You just handed him 10 playoff points versus breaking even. If Austin wins the race and you get five for the regular season championship, you break even. And that, that could have potentially been a big gap. I just, I'm just not a hundred percent sure it was worth the risk, but obviously it worked out for AJ. Great race either way. Yeah, of course it was yeah. Bristol. All right. And circling back to the truck race, Chandler Smith knocks Sheldon Creed out of the lead on the final truck race restart to win in advance to the next round of playoffs. Brett. That's what you're here for. I mean, you're here to win the race. We talk about it all the time. Win the race at all costs. And and you're only going to get one chance to win that race. And he did it. And guess what? Sheldon Creed will get him back somewhere. We hope. Creates drama. Let me tell you something. Sheldon Creed (laughs) was really close (laughs) at the top of my list for one idiot candidates. Because you come to a restart with I don't know how many to go. It was less than five. And you decide to take the top lane and give the inside to a guy that is not racing for the win. He is racing for his entire season. season yes. If he wins that race, his, his playoffs continue. If he doesn't, he's out. So I don't know how you can give that guy. Obviously, we know the top was preferred on a restart. But if you don't clear that guy before you get to turn one, guess what's going to happen? Exactly, exactly what happened. You know, uh, that was the biggest thing I took away from it. I just, you know, you might not win the race. I, I would just put it back in my control. Um, but yeah, I was so, driving home at that point, so yeah. I didn't see it. Uh, and the other thing I took away from this, and that was a hard hit. Oh, yeah. I know. I felt it up on the roof. <laughs> Listen, if you think that John Hunter let the eighteen win at the same token, you can join Sheldon Creed on the what an idiot list. Because there's, we talked about how valuable playoff points are. You are not trading five. If you're listen, he might not be the most popular guy in the KBM shop on Monday morning, but John Hunter needs to win that race to get those five bonus points to get himself an advantage in the playoffs. Can I contradict you here? You could try because I was on the radio <laughs> broadcast and we interviewed him post race, and we walked into the interview with John Hunter Nemechek and said basically what happened on those last couple laps. What do you need? I don't know what he said on TV, but on the radio broadcast, he literally said, all I know is Chandler Smith better be writing me a thank you note and buying me lunch on Monday. And that's what he said. So granted, I wasn't listening to the radio communication. I don't know if he was just so, pissed. He but. was pissed because yeah, he was mad. He, 
what he was mad about was that they doored each other down the back straightaway. Right, yeah. So if I'm pretty sure if you're letting the guy win the race, you're not going to race him so hard that you door each other going down the if back straightaway. you're letting a guy go, three. you're not mad, yeah. first of all. Yeah, there's no thank you note. You know, it's Chandler's. he's saying thank you to Chandler because he should have moved Chandler back, and you're not going to do that. That's not something you're going to do to wreck a teammate that's already leading that needs a win. But you're not – he got loose off a four and let him back by. If he doesn't get loose off a four, he's not pulling over and letting Chandler go no. by him. There's no way it's not possible. Yeah, I don't think he pulled know. him over. No, I pulled just, over. But just, that's what people made it see. You know, people are like, oh, he just let him win the race. I didn't oh, see yeah. that at all. I mean, he, yeah. John Hunter raced him hard. He should. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, it's it, those bonus points are all you're racing for in that instance, and you cannot afford to just – Voluntarily give up five of them. To I don't going think the we have this type of racing at a mile and a half at a cutoff. You just no. can't. You can't no. race like you're. They're not going to be able to get to each other. By the time you get to turn one, you're already spread out enough to. The like, Darf tweets kind of they kind of <laughs> sprinkle during the week, and then when any race is over, boy, those those Darf tweets just go crazy. You ever notice that? Yeah. I don't read they them. Show up I don't. Quickly. It just I, goes listen, up exponentially. I don't About ca- three and a half years ago, four years ago, I quit reading Twitter that much. So. I can't believe you see any darfs as many people as you got blocked. Oh, I see a bunch of darfs. <laughs> I went from man, you're awesome, yo. Yeah, you're the worst ever. <laughs> Listen, and if you don't know what darf means, you are a darf. So <laughs> oh. just, just letting you know. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that. Does anybody hey, in here? Does anybody in here not know Freddy what it means? You and ask them. Ask Freddie if you Alex are a Alex might not know what it means. Alex doesn't know what it means. Do you really not know what it means? Stands oh. for dumbass race fan. <laughs> 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 oh boy all it's right. like it's like when you say like if you know whatever like if you're not the people say if, you know whatever if you're not the one that thinks everybody doesn't like you or whatever that's because yeah. you're the one you yeah. know we like, need to start a new one to call it darum a dumbass race industry member because we got some of those out there too they were and all, those ones usually start as darfs though yeah yeah, yeah. and then they like there's, there's a few show in their face last week. Keep rolling, Hannah. Oh, boy. Yeah, we still have more spot on spot off. Okay, we need to go through some 2022 schedule changes. Obviously, that schedule finally announced a lot of big things. So we'll go through each one of them, quickly chime in on those. The first I'll one. I'll just give Brett my time on this because he's the one. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it's like first... Congress. I, I give the rest of my time to Brett. <laughs> I give the rest of my time to Brett on this. Well, I give the rest of my time to the gentleman yeah. from Pageland. <laughs> Congressman from Pageland, please stand up. <laughs> Where's the gentleman at? <laughs> There's got to be one there. A representative from Pageland, South Carolina has the floor. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, the Clash moves to the L.A. Coliseum after 42 years in Daytona. Also sparks the conversation of, is Bristol now still known as the last great Coliseum? Because we're going <laughs> to two. Brett, you have the floor. <laughs> Man, I uh, I was on the fence with this thing when I wasn't fully educated on it, and now I'm all in on it. And here's my number one reason I'm all in on it. Los Angeles is the top market for Hispanic NASCAR fans in the United States and is the number one market for a fan that's 18 to 34 years old. That demographic alone has so much potential for growth, not only in L.A., but everywhere. So if we're going to go into their backyard and we're going to expand our fan base, what better market to do it in than L.A.? L.A. is the largest media market for us in terms of where our – Total volume of NASCAR fans are at. Number two media market in the country, no matter what media you're looking at. So, Freddie, was Fontana really – I mean, I saw this debate a little bit on Twitter. Was Fontana ever really a race in L.A.? No. 
No, not even close. We called it Fontucky, TJ, for a reason, because it <laughs> was in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, I didn't really... It, it was a drive away, but it wasn't like we were in L.A. But you needed a helicopter to drive it. Yeah, because yeah. I've driven from L.A. to Fontana, and I don't even want to do that again. Miserable. Two hours. Yeah. It's probably 35 miles, and it takes two freaking I, hours. I, it was not a race in L.A. We're finally in L.A., I want to be at the Meadowlands. I want to be in New York. I want to be at Riverhead because it's on Long Island. Take me mm. to these major markets where all these people are. That's so how you get more saying, fans. You're saying we might have stadium racing for us could be down the road. I think Meadowlands is in play now. It's I've been be. wanting to go to other football stadiums. This is a good idea. Listen, I, I'm this the Michigan, oppo- the big house. <laughs> the opportunity <laughs> that you have here a week in the Super Bowl city, the Sunday before the Super Bowl, a lot of eyes on you. I, I still wish it wasn't the clash. You know, I still think the Clash belongs to Daytona. We can still have an exhibition race, and not you know, it doesn't have to be the Clash. Um, yeah. Still gonna be, still, still gonna be. You're adding a weekend though. Interesting. Well, not really. You just run the Clash on Tuesday, or Wednesday, like we did last year. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see these guys if they can beat and bang. This race is gonna be crazy um, and super, super, super entertaining. I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm I'm spot on for it, man. I don't why not? Why not? What if what if it turns into be a great race and we want to do more of it? You know, just like and I do like having the clash at Daytona. I, I I've always liked it the week before the Daytona five hundred. I always thought that was a kind of a primer. With and it doesn't need to be thirty cars either. I don't care if it's fifteen cars, twenty five laps. Let's go. Yeah. The best of the best, like it, like it kind of was. I, I think, though, TJ, given that it's a brand-new car, you got to let all of your franchisees yeah. in. I think if you're a charter member, if you're a charter team, you have to have the right to take your car out there. Here's my biggest question. That's if, why if I'm we okay go, with if this we, year. If we go to Daytona with this brand-new car and run it on the oval, are we going to tear up a lot of cars? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Well, if I we mean, go, if we go to, yes. if we go to the L.A. Coliseum and run this thing on a short track, that I've heard they may even try to pour the asphalt fresh. I don't know how that cures and sets. They're pouring up. it right now. But but okay. So I if think. we're doing, if we're doing that, that was a picture from before. If if oh, if, if but if yeah. we're doing that, are we going to tear up a lot of cars? Yeah, yes. probably. But if we do it on a short track to start the season, does it give us the opportunity to make those other short tracks that are coming in the year? better and i think the answer to that is yes because we've got some real race data we've got real race examinations that we can do and i think then when we get to martinsville we get to bristol we get to richmond we can kind of know what we need for these cars to put on a good show i also think racing the coliseum you're going to have more cosmetic damage than anything else as well i think you're and i think that's a good thing yeah, versus no. ver- if we go to daytona and tear up a lot of cars it's yes. not going to change how we run the daytona 500 it's not going to change the dynamic of the car. It's not going to change how the car's built. Now, it may change it for Talladega, you know, two months down the road, but it's not going to change it for the very race the very next week. I think this science project, and I'm not a freaking fan of our expensive science projects, and when we talk about expensive, guess what's expensive? Leaving freaking Charlotte, going all the way to L.A., that's expensive. It's a lot more expensive than going to Daytona, okay? It's yeah, going to be sure. extra days of travel. It's a lot more miles on trucks and all the things. But this science Three-day truck project, drive. I, I am least. a fan of this science project. I am. Yeah. It's a short track. That's what you want to call Is it a short, short track? What do you it's, call it's this? I mean, be. a cheap science project is about an hour up the road at Bowman Gray Stadium if yeah, they but, really uh, wanted some data. But that's pretty. Well, don't don't we, hold 70,000 people, though. Yeah, and yeah. we're and it's going to be pretty cold. <laughs> we can't that race. Guys, I hear you on Bowman Gray. Well, that's not going to work. If you want to do the all-star race there, I'm all for it. But we can't keep going. Why do you think Rockingham closed? 
There's too many tracks around here. Why do you think Darlington lost a race the first time? There's too many tracks around here. I mean, it's just, why do you think North Wilkesboro went away? There's too many tracks around here. Where's Bowman Gray? It's right here. Same Mine's thing. meant for data. Like, if they're trying to figure out how that stuff. They, they get, they're going to have enough data after this race. They'll be plenty good. All right, next one. Bristol Dirt Race is ran on Easter Sunday at night. Freddie. Ah, I don't know. Um, I saw an interview with Ben Kennedy where he was talking about, you know, you know, NBA plays Christmas Day, obviously football plays Thanksgiving Day. But the, the counterpoint that I feel like is, yes, two of your teams go and play on Christmas Day or, or you know, six three games whatever it is six of your teams six you know i think what there's three games on new year you know you don't take your whole sport and go play on these holidays like it don't exist yeah and it and it you know it rotates so it's different teams a lot of times um but you know it's you know for me it's really not i don't have kids i don't have a uh you know just me and megan you know and the dog so john John, we got john (laughs) uh he's gonna be distraught that we don't get to hide easter eggs this year but, you know, I just think it sucks for guys with, you know, with kids, these guys, Brett and TJ, you know, you know, that you're, you're taking away your day with your family there. Um, so, I don't know. I guess you could do a different day. It's just, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it. I am a fan that they're going to run it at night, and it's a dirt track versus us trying to run it in the middle of the day. Yeah. Uh, that was, that, I don't know who made that decision, but they clearly weren't um, of a high-caliber understanding of what it takes to put on a good dirt race. I, I'm upset that – and this bleeds into the next topic. We might as well combine them. I'm upset that there's only one off weekend uh, because we have built this sport uh, from the ground up and, and called it a family sport. And that wasn't just for the families that are there tailgating and the families that are there camping all weekend. We treated each other in the garage like families. And, and when they brought Ben in, I really thought that, you know, him being a younger generation, him being a France legacy guy, that he would certainly keep down that path. And, and for us to only have one weekend off all year, um, it's tough on families because we like to do things with our kids during the summer. We're not a typical sport. You can't compare our sport to other sports in terms of the schedule because we go from February to November. Uh, football is 16 weeks, and like Freddie said, not everybody plays on Thanksgiving. Not everybody plays on Christmas. That's part of kind of their, their offering for a very few teams. So <sighs> running on Easter sucks. I'm not going to lie to you guys, but I have a job to do, and if I'm uh, got a job to do, if I'm, if I'm a spotter, if I'm a driver, if I'm a crew guy – you don't You're have going. a choice, and guess what? You're going. Does it suck, TJ? Yeah. It sucks, but um, we don't have a say in what the schedule is. If, if we voted, um, I don't think any of us would want to work on Easter Sunday, but guess what? If your boss tells you to come to work, what do you do? You go to work. Nothing made me more mad than seeing all the fans, like not fans, but people on Twitter that were like, well, you guys have these great jobs, and you guys have an off season, so I don't understand why you guys complain. Like, There's so many people that would like to have your jobs. There is, and there guess is, how many guess of them what? would make it? Yeah, and it's still a job. Like at the end of the day, we're away from our families in homes for. And I'd like to know what they think the off season looks like. Yeah, what like do they think here? we do? Because I don't have an off season. Like I don't know about you guys. Cup season ends, and I work all the way through Chili Bowl, Rolex. I'm doing Arena Cross. Like it doesn't stop. Like we yeah, don't. That's just not what Twitter out. says. The guys, not, that's not what the Darfs think. I mean, the guys <laughs> in the shop. What do they get? I mean, they get maybe a week off between Christmas and Thanks and New Year's. Yeah, there's usually about a week I can't you know, get a or hold two of weeks, anyone. Maybe and it's about that. like they're but they're as soon as as soon as we're done in Phoenix, they're thrashing to get ready for next yeah. year. You know, they don't. It's and not it's like going to be it's worse. Not like this we, year. I mean, me, maybe Brett does, but when we leave Phoenix, like <laughs> we don't. I go the like same as Hannah. I go to the Turkey Derby. I go to the Snowball Derby. We have a bunch of tests this off season for this uh, new next gen car. 
So, you know, it's 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 not like with the season snaps, we just all, the, the, great, he, we're he, done. The, the reality is the grueling schedule just got even more grueling. This yeah. this year we were kind of spoiled by the Olympics. We had two weekends off back-to-back. Um, we unpra- didn't have practice or qualifying. We're going to have that next year, yeah, which is going to add our days. That's coming back, right? And that's good. That's a good thing for the fans. Um but at the end of the day, it's a grueling schedule, and it just got even more grueling. And I here here's who I hate it for: the smaller teams, the ones that we give a hard time on here a lot of times. Um, look, it's not the crew guys, it's not the drivers, it is just the, the model of that particular team. But those teams are understaffed, and now if those guys go to the LA Coliseum and they tear up some stuff, which is probably going to happen, if they go to Daytona and tear up some more stuff two weeks later, which is probably going to happen when they get to the third race of the year they're going to be way behind on this new car and those guys are going to be the ones burning the midnight oil and it it just look people who are listening to the show we love our jobs or we would quit but the grueling schedule just got even more grueling and we don't need your sympathy we don't need your smart ass tweets we're just telling you how it is i was kind of looking forward to possibly some midweek stuff you know, race on a Saturday night, then maybe we're going to have a Wednesday night race. Me too, man, but our ratings yeah, suck, TJ. And yeah. if the ratings tank, we can't do it. We've got – I mean, look, man, look at how well SRX did on network television. Oh, they yeah. were freaking rolling on CBS, man. Their ratings were through the roof. We can't put our product on TV and it get 500,000 viewers when SRX is getting 2 million. Then we're not the number one form of motorsports in America with the Cup Series, which we are. We yeah. got to keep that title. Um, another one here: no double header at Pocono, Freddie. Hallelujah! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Hallelujah! Just, Pocono was close to my house growing up, and we used to go there for the modified race of champions all the time, and so it means a lot to me. But it would not. Hurt it never my, fails. We're there five days. It either. would not hurt my feeling to see them. Maybe give up both of their races. <laughs> it, 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 instead of saying hallelujah, we're singing kumbaya to Pocono. Yeah. One race yeah. Kumbaya, Pocono. I, Here's the thing, TJ, for me, man. I love the doubleheader. I think it's an awesome, awesome experience for fans. I think we should have picked another track to do a doubleheader at, like a Richmond, um, to do a Saturday, Sunday, and went out there and knocked it out, out and opened up one of these other weekends that we didn't open up. But this is part of the evolution of where NASCAR is heading. Pocono lost a race that's big we've not seen a a company lose a race in a very long time and Pocono lost a race to St. Louis so that's where I'm wondering if if they get to come back on the back end next year maybe be the promoter over at the Meadowlands or something yeah I don't for some reason I don't the Pocono races just haven't really they haven't had the same to me anyway even with the the stages there I don't know. Still, kind of this car and the stages just don't really. Yeah, this package uh, was not yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like, just something just doesn't blend right there. I, I I loved whenever, you know, a guy could pit. Everyone does the same thing now. We all pit at the same time. So if everyone does the same thing, nothing cycles. Yeah, it's like a road course. You know, you you can't lose a lap on pit road. So everybody does. Everybody we all pits, short pits. The we stage. all do the same thing. Yeah, you'll have a, a couple guys say, but then they cycle back. So far, you know, I mean, it just cycles a couple laps later. So I don't know. So we're gonna segue that too. Then obviously, with them losing their date, Gateway is now added to the Cup schedule. Need big generators. I was gonna say you better hope that power grid. Where's Jason? When is this gateway race? It's, it's like June, June early right? June. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be so that'll be freezing. Hot. My biggest concern about this, from, oh. and this is my, I think the racetrack is a good racetrack, and 
but the spotter stand there is tiny. I've never spotted there. It is, it is, it's worse than Darlington. Awesome. So. I've, never, I've never been to Gateway. I'm a big fan of watching it on TV. I'm a big fan of that St. Louis market. I don't think we ever should have left there. Um, I did hear one crazy rumor they were going to put dirt on it. Freddie, did you hear that? I heard the same thing. I'm, I'm I glad that, when the schedule came out that does not mention the dirt. Same, same, same. I was scared to that death. That place does not need to be dirt. No. I, was, I was scared to death it was going to be dirt. And it, look, it was just a rumor. If it was from a good source, uh, chance we would have talked about it on here, but it wasn't. And I'm glad the source didn't know what they were talking about. I think we talked about it last week, Britt. Just did we? Oh, okay. I, wasn't, I, don't, I, wasn't <laughs> I did hear that, I but it, it was like – but. I found it hard to believe, yeah, man. There, I was hoping to God it was wrong, and apparently it was. Thank God. Um, Richmond removed from the playoffs, moved to a day race in mid-August. We heard Jason was behind this. That's going to be a hot <laughs> I thought one. the race yeah. was such a good, so much good strategy that we're going to keep in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be that'll be a freezing cold day in the middle of August. I'm. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay. Like I like. I'm hoping that this new car and a nice hot day race will bring back that Ricky Stenhouse groove through three and four. Is the first race a day race? Yeah, both day races. So yeah. no more Richmond night race? Uh, I don't think so. Hmm. That's interesting. That's, so that means a Saturday, we, that's another Sunday we lost. <laughs> yeah. how many, I wonder how many Saturday races. I think I only saw like only three or three. four. I think there's only three yeah. Saturday races. That's awesome. Even more, even less time at home. Um, hey. Richmond, like, unfortunately, we talk about the races are interesting to watch, but they haven't added a lot to the playoff discussion. I saw we saw Kurt cut a tire and wreck last week, but, you know, obviously Darlington played a big part in the playoff shakeup. Bristol this week. What What's replacing it? Um, Homestead. 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 So the, and Homestead's later, I think, in the last round, yep. uh, which we love. Homestead has always been a great place for us in the playoffs, so it's good to see it back. Mm-hmm. Good to see Homestead back in the playoffs. I know TJ's a fan of that racetrack. I love that track. Uh, I'm, I'm spot on for it being in the playoffs. I'm spot on for us going later in the year. You know, by November, October, when it rolls around, it'll still be nice and uh, peachy down there. We can still work on our suntans. It's going to really throw still throw me off, though, if we go to Homestead and have to go two races after that. You know, like <laughs> even last year, like you're leaving Homestead like, all right, we're done. Nope, actually, oh, it's, it's the fifth race. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard about the time an infield was held hostage at a NASCAR race and competitors, including Richard Petty, had to fight their way out? What about the crazy turmoil of Mark Martin's 1990 and 1991 Winston Cup seasons? Do you know why Bobby Allison is officially credited with 84 NASCAR wins instead of the 85 he actually earned? If not, it's about time you find out. I've got just the podcast for you. It is Dirty Mo Media's newest production, glorious, white-knuckled, God-fearing, spun-out, and half-turned-over racing stories. The weekly show is hosted by me, Rick Houston. I've been doing podcast interviews for a long time now. Combine those interviews with the modern sound design of Dirty Mo's producers, and glorious racing stories is a nostalgic throwback experience unlike anything you've ever heard before. Go follow and listen to Glorious Racing Stories right now. It's available on all major podcasting platforms and on DirtyMoMedia.com. All right, time for Reaction Theater. First call is caller number one, Matthew. I'm not really reacting to anything here. Just as a combination of uh, seeing that Brett was announced a spot for Jeb Burton. 
and your guys' fireball consumption. But have you guys ever gotten Ward Burton drunk on fireball? I'm very curious to uh, know what his drunk slurring sounds like. You should do it. I think, it sounds, I think it sounds the same, Matthew. Uh, we, we've not seen him drunk on fireball. Well, I've seen him have a couple IP, IPAs, and uh, he does. Matthew, he, I, I brush my teeth with fireball. <laughs> Actually, what happens to Ward when he gets drunk is he sounds like me. So he just he clear, actually, he clears, he, he clears right up. Clears he's right got up. A, he's got a hint of a Long Island accent. <laughs> now, Freddie, it's weird. <laughs> now, Freddie. <laughs> Oh, calling number Freddy, two. You be a Marcus good boy. Smith. Hey, how are you? Big fan. Hey, listen, you still have time. Just put out the press release tomorrow that says, hey guys, just an FYI, there won't be any dirt at the spring race at Bristol. Marcus, you'll literally be the most popular guy in NASCAR. Do you think after tonight's race, somebody's going to be like, what? No dirt? Well, then I ain't coming. Do it, Marcus. You know you want to. Marcus, Marcus was there this weekend. I saw him a couple times. Hard to argue with that. Day, I think that plenty, of plenty of people will come to Bristol. Plenty of people will come to Bristol. It's still yeah. Bristol. It's the experience. Caller number three, Jasmine. I'm so freaking tired of these idiot crew members getting in the way of damn good moments. I wanted to see if Harvick was going to throw a punch. Chase found his fucking personality and decided to get all mad and pissy with somebody. And you've got this Hooters idiot back there holding back Kevin Harvick. Keep them behind the wall. They're not needed anymore. The race is over. This is bull. Wow. Okay. That's how I yell. When I, I love the name. Years. I sound like Jasmine's you. a great name, but I mean, uh, that, eh, whatever. I like Hooters. Yep. They had the Hooters curls there this Want to get some wings? Are you talking about Want some wings today? Chicken or? Yeah. <laughs> it's the only place in the world they advertise wings and sell breasts. It's weird. Weird. Caller number wings. four, Don. Subway sponsorship is what you get when you are no longer freaky fast. Also, I understand that Fireball is the mouthwash you use when you're trying to get Denny's d- out of your mouth. <laughs> Don, I agree with you. I'm a Jimmy John's kind of guy. Again, uh, the fireball. I freak. love the Jimmy John's bread. I, I do agree that Jimmy John's is freaky fast. Um, I disagree with you on the second part. Yeah, Brett, here's some mouthwash. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that was pretty clever. We're all out. Yeah. I think that's a bad sign. That was. Yeah. Pretty, thank God nobody dropped anything else off this week. Uh, that was pretty clever, though. That's he's not he's no longer freaky fast, so he has to yeah. go to Subway. Yeah, that's pretty good. Caller number five. Oh, hey, Kevin Harvick. You think Dale Jr. stunted the growth of NASCAR because he didn't win too much? Um, Let's think about that a little bit and just think about how you're stunting NASCAR just because you're a baby back. (laughs) Grow a pair, you fucking moron. (laughs) Wow. I think that guy's been in the fireball a little bit. (laughs) I I will say this. I don't think you got to worry about Kevin having a pair. I think he's got a pair. Uh, Yeah, man. People are upset he didn't take his helmet off. I mean, that's the big thing. He didn't take his helmet off. You ready to rip off some heads, but you won't take off your helmet (laughs) so you can get fight fair. Fair fight. I didn't know that was coming, guys. I don't know. I'm drunk. I I thought about, like, you know. You know him saying, calling. I was like, would it be weird to be called a chicken from a guy with his helmet on? Like, is that? But obviously, <laughs> Kevin is not a chicken. I wonder what these guys are thinking. Where prime example, they're like hammer, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna I, get on anchor and I'm gonna leave a message. Like, at what point does that thought stem? I don't we, think Kevin's thinking about 
that at all. I mean, I I think he's just trying to get over there. I think same, he's trying to get over as, there, man. It's the same situation as uh, dumbass Clint. with with uh, Ryan Newman. He wasn't thinking like, oh, let me get over there, like, and let me take my stuff off. He's mad. He's yeah. running over there to punch Ryan in the head. Like, it's he not- wanted to get there. Like, I've seen Harvick face to face with. I mean, him and Biffle and stuff. He's like, and Ricky Rudd. I mean. The dude's not afraid to be three inches from your face and with yeah. no helmet on. You're in so. a hurry to get there. It's not. Yeah. It's not the fact that you're scared. Caller number seven. This message is intended for the parents of Chase Elliott. This is Dr. Travis from the Whiny Mental Facility in Bristol, Tennessee. We have your son Chase here. We're having to give him some memory loss drugs to bring his memory back because he seems to have forgotten how he raced for the lead last year. If you could just give us a call back. Uh, he seems really out of control, and there's a there's a guy from Bakersfield, California here that's ready to rip his head off, so he needs some help. He's a <laughs> d- and so is David Starr. So is David, David Starr. Star. <laughs> Isn't? Did you guys see like Tommy guy. Joe retweet that and go, sorry, not sorry? Yeah. He's, he's, uh, Tommy Joe. Oh, Tommy Joe. Don't get me started on that again. <laughs> Save it for one idiot. I can't wait for my one idiot. TJ's Is this number be so eight happy. or number nine? Yeah, I know who your one idiot is already. Oh, yeah. Okay, Harvick, I love you, buddy, but you got to take that helmet off when you go marching up there, okay? It's kind of a move. I'm just telling you. It's kind of a move. Chase tried to take it off for you. And uh, if you come in here, if anybody comes in here talking about that race was boring because there was no cautions and long green flag runs, go get your sight checked. Go watch fucking figure skating, okay? Because that was excellent. My man was doing this Homeless, during the race. Yes, still, <laughs> victory lane was still going on, and he could not wait to let That's you guys awesome. know. I really love it. Yeah, hell yeah, Jared. I'm back. I was painting the girl. This the song. time with what my dad and Brett are calling the hashtag DMTJ song. What I do? TJ looked at the D A T A. TJ looked at the D A T A. If your car is too slow, don't know where else to go. You just call the spotter for BK. <laughs> and he will look at the D-A-T-A. TJ good. looked at the D-A-T-A. I like it, Peyton. <laughs> good work, Peyton. She always yeah. tweets at me about how cute my dog is, so I appreciate you, Peyton. She has arguably the best song that we've ever gotten because she tells Jason to get out of Dillner's ass, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, Peyton's dad, uh, Jim, has been in the hospital with stroke, and he has recovered nicely and is back home. And he's uh, he'd never heard of our show. Yeah. And then Peyton wrote the song. Jason made her famous, surprised and now he her. listens. Yeah, he surprised her, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now he listens every week. So uh, glad, yeah. to hear, glad to hear Jim's doing better, Peyton. And love the song. Yeah, it's a good one. Should have been patient. Should have just held his line. Elliot's out of the car and he's starting to whine Cause he can't win without NASCAR's help Elliot going to hell <laughs> Why don't you cry and just go away Why don't you learn to drive like Harvick someday I just want to rip his goddamn head off. 
<laughs> Did we ever actually figure out who this guy was? Jeb is going to have. We need to put out a record of Jeb's and all Peyton, Jeb's songs. Peyton, Peyton, Peyton and Jeb. Yeah. yeah, the DVC uh, album. Yeah, there was a couple Coming others. This Christmas, were, there was one or two others that were pretty good too. Yeah. I think Jeb comes in here to record it. His quality is just amazing. The, the fact yeah. that this guy does this usually in. 12 hours is amazing. He had an extra day this week, but yeah, I does mean. Does he take bookings? Because <laughs> yeah, we hey, all Jeb, for something. Jeb, will you please write a song? Casey does. There's no chance Casey listens to this show no this chance. week. Will you please write a song <laughs> about Casey making a mess? I will send you a check. I will send you an advance on the song. Please. <laughs> we need Jeb for parties. Yeah. All right, guys, we are headed to Vegas this weekend to leave an audio message 24-7. You guys can go to anchor.fm backslash door bumper clear and click the message icon. And, of course, Jason will pick the best ones each week to air on the show. Good job this week. Offer pad question of the week. What do you guys miss most about the home you grew up in? Brett, we'll start with you, good old Pageland, South Carolina. He misses the, the giant shed with 4,000 guns in it next door. <laughs> that was my neighbor's house. I know. <laughs> uh, that was not my house. Uh, I would have to say probably the thing I miss the most would be we had a big old open-air porch, and it had a big ramp on it for my sister to be able to come and go in her wheelchair, and, and using that ramp to ride skateboards and bicycles and all the fun things, and, and obviously just being able to sit out there and Watch the traffic go down Old Cato Street. Um, that's what I miss the most. My house was tiny, uh, two bedroom, one bath. Um, you know, it was me, my mom. When I grew up, my brother and my sister all living there. So I don't miss being cramped. But at the time, you didn't know any better. Uh, but definitely miss that that open air porch, which mom has actually enclosed as a sunroom now, and that's where she spends ninety percent of her time when she's awake. So, yeah, I I moved around a lot as a kid, so I don't. What's your favorite room? Free the fridge. The fridge, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I always go to the fridge and like open it and then go back and open it again. Like something's going <laughs> to appear in there. Something like new. That's, oh, wow. Look at that. Um, but uh, so I one house particular that I remember was a young kid. Like we had, had a huge hill next to our house. So we used to like me, John, my cousins, we would all line up like a big wheel race down the hill and just oh, yeah. destroy each other. So I, I was that was a lot of fun. I remember that. I'd probably have to just roll with my bedroom, man. I mean, there were so many bottle rockets and stuff lit <laughs> off in that bedroom. Uh, things lit on this fire. Lighting bottle rockets off in his bedroom. That's a good idea. That was stupid. <laughs> I know. I don't really reckon, but it is that. That's exciting. Well, you guys can get a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor of OfferPad.com. Time to get into our Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. You need more than just speed to compete in NASCAR. So where did where did we see teams need to be more than fast this week? I'm going to give my Xfinity X5 more than fast moment to Chandler Smith. Uh, guy, late restart, had to lay it all on the line, needed a win to get in the playoffs, and he got it done. So congratulations, Chandler Smith. Here's what my guy had the time to do in a very fast moment. He had time to park his car, take his helmet off, get out, run over to a competitor he was upset with. And my Xfinity X5 more than fast moment is how fast Chase Elliott got his finger in Kevin Harvick's face. I have never seen a person get a finger in somebody's face that fast and hold it there for that long. He definitely deserves this week's more than fast moment, TJ. Who you got? My uh, Xfinity more than fast moment, I liked that 22 car on Friday night, but... I got to give it to the guy that got the opportunity and took the moment 
and won with it. AJ Allmendinger. Big win. Fun race. We like it fast here on Door Bumper Clear, but what we really like is being more than fast. Thankfully, man, there's always tons to talk about for the Xfinity X5 more than fast moment. You know what else is more than fast? Xfinity X5. With the speed for all your devices, you also get reliable performance that you can depend on to keep your crew connected. On the track, being more than fast means you've got the teamwork and strategy that it takes to win. With Xfinity X5, you can do more of what you love with faster internet and a powerful and secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for even more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. And don't forget to vote for your favorites. Thank you to Xfinity, a proud premier partner of NASCAR. Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans in Reaction Theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Time for What an Idiot. Also, I had a lot of people yell at me that, not at, at me, but make the reference of What, what an idiot. idiot this weekend at Bristol. So appreciate it. Did you hear any TJ you. Sucks by any chance? Uh, I did not hear TJ what? Sucks, believe I'm it or not. They're not going to. Someone Freddy, did Freddy's yell Brett's an a- at me, though. Well, that's, that's not a lot. That probably happens often. <laughs> I hear they, that. They all yelled the time. at me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, we get the same thing. It's usually our wives that say that. <laughs> well, fair. Uh, so this week's What an Idiot Award goes to, and Brett, you can start this. My What an Idiot Award, and, and look, I almost gave it to the guy who doesn't even know how to throw a water bottle in the Truck <laughs> Series race because he looked like an idiot on TV, and, and God bless him, right? Um, bless his heart, if we're going to say what we say in the South. But my What an Idiot Award has to go to the guy who ran across the gasoline on the racetrack <laughs> and proceeded to bust his ass. I'm glad he's okay, but... What an do idiot. we know he's okay? Because he probably got broke ass like you do. Wow. They literally said yeah. that he made some statement about how he was perfectly fine. His dignity was just hurt pretty bad. I can understand that. They should have just lit it on fire. Gas Let it is burn slick. for a second. Yeah. Go ahead, TJ. I got a long one. If you want to pop anybody in there real quick. <laughs> uh, my what an idiot. You know, I really would like just to follow it up with Dell Jr. again. But... Uh, <laughs> My what an idiot is going to go oh, great. to. Now we're going to have a headline next week. Dale, TJ my, Majors calls Dale yes. Jr. an idiot. My what an idiot is to all the people that really think there's a beef here because they obviously have not listened to us for 10 years on the radio because that was nothing. And, you know, um, honestly, I know going into them races that he's going to get fresh. That's just his personality in the car. And it does. It goes in one or out the other. But, you know, if you uh, decide that that's a headline article, Thanks for the um, thanks for the popularity and stuff for it. And uh, yeah, I really shut him up, didn't I? I showed him who the boss was. So my wooden idiot has been probably what two weeks in the making now. 
Uh, more than that. For, well, I mean, uh, I mean, he, this guy's been an idiot for a while, but he he. Oh so he it's been he growing had a little, and I normally nobody in this world gives T.J. Majors more grief than me and Brett Griffin probably. I would say maybe Dale, but oh yeah, that's probably this true. is one time that I'm actually going to stick up for T.J. And he might have called somebody out on the radio, and it turned into a little Twitter spat where this guy literally probably retweeted TJ just in hopes that we were going to talk about him on the podcast. And guess what? Congratulations. You're going to make the podcast this week because Dawson Cram is an idiot. Like we're out there racing on Friday night or Thursday night with the truck race. And he gets the lucky dog and he proceeds to, as soon as the yellow comes out, we all know the the situation. They call out 41. You're the lucky dog. They don't send you until pit road opens. No, when pit road opens. You know how that is. When the pit road opens and the leaders are coming down pit road, they say, okay, now, lucky dog, you can pass the pace car. Well, as soon as they say 21, you're the lucky dog, or 41, you're the lucky dog, he takes off and passes the whole field, which is idiotic. And they are like, hey, stop the 41. We you don't go to we send you. Stop the 41. He proceeds to continue on and drives right up by the pace car. <laughs> okay, that's check one. Strike two, where he's on pit road. We're watching him. He's right in front of us. He's just got the lucky dog. He had just gotten the lucky dog. Oh, this is, I think the first time. This, yeah, maybe the first Didn't time. Then he pit on the wrong lap, too. So he pits on the front stretch where he's right in front of us, and we see him, and the pace car's coming off a of four, and he drops the hammer, hauls ass off pit road, clearly speeding to beat the pace car off pit road. So, which, Brett, they drop the jack, and he's behind the pace car. He speeds up. Way faster down pit road to beat. You're, pace you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. So no. it's a one lap penalty for doing that, which you should know already. But maybe he doesn't. You and your spotter should know. Yeah. Uh, so he proceeds to dig on. So now we waste two laps trying to get him to serve his one lap penalty. Fast forward to the next caution, where he does the exact same thing. Speeds off pit road. Drives by the pace car, takes off. All right, 41. Once again, you're now going to get held a lap because you sped off pit road to beat the pace car. We waste another two or three laps. He's not done yet, boy. (laughs) He is not done yet. I mean, mean, is there more to it? Because I couldn't even remember it all. Oh, oh, and at the end. Yeah, I guess the very end. (sighs) So he... They wreck. (laughs) There's a wreck on the backstretch, and here he comes. He's now, after we have wasted at least six laps, waiting for this guy to stop on the racetrack to get the laps back that he has cost, you know, sped off pit road. (laughs) He comes piling into a wreck on the backstretch when he was running last just after getting the the lap penalty. Wait, guys, hold up. Uh, Don't unbuckle. Listen, uh, small team, whatever. He tears up a lot of equipment for a guy that, you know, cries about, Little little help in the shop and not a lot of money behind him. We talk about this with Bodie, Brett's nine-year-old kid, playing baseball. I can deal with any physical error in the world. If you make a mental error, that's on you. And the awareness that this guy had to commit the same penalty twice, not know when to pass the pace car on a lucky dog, not know how to serve your penalty after you get it. we got to waste ten laps around a short track waiting for you to serve your penalty – Guess what? TJ was right, buddy. You're an idiot, and congratulations. Here's your award. I think you just won What an Idiot for the Year. Yeah, you've been saving that one up for a while. <laughs> I, well, it happened on Thursday. I, actually, I saved the Dell Jr. one up for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I saved it up so long, I got headlines oh, written about it. I just know he wanted to be on the show, so I want to congratulate him. He finally made it. Oh, boy. All right, we got to do our playoff picks. What four cup drivers do you guys think are going to be eliminated after the round of 12, which we conclude at the Roval? 
Who's going first? I got three. I didn't pick a fourth guy last time, but I got three of them. You can four. go first then. Better well, than TJ. TJ picked two TJ last time. TJ picked the two obvious ones. <laughs> uh, I will say <laughs> this week, this time I'll take I'll take Bell to not make it. I'll take Brad to not make it. I will take one of those two Hendrick cars to not make it. Mm, 24, 48. <laughs> I would say probably the 48. I'd say 48, 2, 20. And where are we going? All right, right here. Let's just read the bottom. It'd be good. Uh, that, here, that's the thing, man. Vegas, who's been good there? Chevrolets and Toyotas. Puts the Fords in a bind. Talladega, we know how good the Fords are there. They work together exceptionally well. Uh, and then the Roval. So, I mean, we've got three really difficult racetracks here. I'll go 48-2-24. I'm going to have to say Harvick doesn't make it. And, and, look, he's good enough to make it, but they don't have speed on mile and a half. Anything could happen at Talladega. If you have two bad races, you're out. Um, same thing for the two. I just feel like Forger at a disadvantage, and I think this weekend may put them all in a hole. Joey Logano's won. With TJ Majors, mind you, at Las Vegas back in 2019, but I just don't know those Fords have the speed. I'll, I'll throw him in there, the 22 as well, and then if Harvick's not going to make it, maybe Chase Elliott won't either. You're not going. Did we win in 20 as well? You don't get credit for that one, sorry. Yeah, 20, 19 and 20. Congratulations. I, one of them you qualified like terrible in one. I remember yeah. that one. That was like well, 19. Yeah, we drove to the front from like. 20th or something, 25th yeah. or something, maybe further. Still got fired. I know. <laughs> Four, 20, 24. And someone up here is going to have an issue at some point. They I'm, are. That's why I went with a nine. We're, we're going to have a surprise uh, not man. making guy. Yeah, and I, I feel like the nine is going to be good enough. The 48 just kind of been there, but I'm going to go 24 and 48. Wow, the nine. The, the the reason why I left the nine out is he's going to win the Roval unless Harvick wrecks him. Forty-eight, twenty-four, twenty, and the four. All right, we got to do this for Xfinity as well. So you guys need to pick your four Xfinity Series drivers who are also <laughs> okay. This yeah. is this is not be hard. A little easy. This yeah. is not hard because well, I, I love. I, I'm a big fan of Jeremy Clements. I think he's a super good guy. I think he gets a lot out of the what he races with. Uh, he's not going to make it. Um, unless there's a, a huge wreck at Talladega, which is very possible. Um, and then the three guys in front of him like to crash. Like, let's just be honest. Like, they they, they like it. They enjoy it. Uh, Brandon Jones is on his 47th spotter now. Um, hopefully they got that figured out. Uh, Myatt Snyder has a lot of speed a lot of times, but makes he's, mistakes. He's had a lot of speed a lot of times. Hey, what was Myatt and Jeb's deal? I think Myatt was mad away. Jeb raced him in three and four, and he hooked him getting into one oh, on purpose. Gotcha. And uh I don't know. That, I, I think they spoke. I don't know who admitted to what. I watched it go down live. I've not seen a replay, yeah. but to me, it looked like Myatt was pissed and he hit Jeb and uh, kind of ruined, obviously ruined Jeb's night. But man, if you're Myatt, you don't want to go into this thing making enemies. No. Um, I, I do think that two car has speed. It, the NASCAR Xfinity Series silly season is getting ramped up. I would expect. Obviously, Nutrinac Solutions announced this week. It was announced this week. They didn't announce it um, that they're not coming back. Next year, I think that's probably the first domino to fall to create a lot of driver dominoes, and I think you're going to see a lot of drivers moving. I think you're going to see some new drivers. Um, let me rephrase that. You're going to see some old drivers with new money getting into big-time rides. Uh, and I think that I think the fans are going to like 
who that is. I think so too. Um, with, with some of those guys that are out there with pretty large wallets, and and look, it's not daddy's money, guys. These guys have gone out and found yeah. their sponsorship, and uh, and it's and it's a good thing, right? So, I mean, I think Freddie's right. I mean, Riley Herbst, he he hasn't had speed, and he wrecks a lot. He's in last year's championship car or championship contending car. And, man, they just can't pull it together. They can't put races together right now. That makes it tough. Brandon Jones does wreck a lot, always has. And, and, and look, if we, if we pick one that, that's not going to make it, that's in the top ten, I, I, I'm not going to say Jeff Burton because we work with a guy. So I'm going to go with Daniel Hemrick just because he mm. can't ever get that's things to go his way. So if, if, if he's going to have his bad luck continue, then he's not going to see round two. I'm going the 51. I'm going Clements, Riley. Maya and Daniel. But the reality is in this series, even more so than the Cup Series, is you cannot stump your toe at Vegas. If you go out and put yourself in a hole, you cannot go into Talladega yeah. expecting Isn't to dig where, yourself uh, out. Where Maya win at? Because uh, Homestead. We, we oh, don't right. – he won very early on a late race restart. But when we go with the Cup Series to Talladega, um, the race gets segregated by manufacturer once we start pitting under green. And everybody just wants to survive till then. The Xfinity Series doesn't really do that. The college cars obviously have a great history of working together, but we don't ever really break the race up. So if there's a wreck at any point, there's a strong chance you're going to be it. If you stump your toe at Vegas and you're seventh or back in this Xfinity Series playoff, you're in big trouble. Do you know who's 13th in points? In the playoff standings in, in Not Xfinity? In, play- in Xfinity. Man, I don't know, but I would guess Landon Castle. How about Ty Gibbs with 14 races? Wow. <laughs> Did you wow. just look that up? No, I, I mean, oh. I saw it the other night after the race was over. Somebody had pointed it out to me. Yeah, but, that race, wow. like, they were showing the points, and there wasn't wasn't a race for, you know. Well, and there was until Michael Annette started having his problems. Yeah. And he obviously took himself out by default. I mean, there was a race for that top 12. Once that happened, once a couple of those other smaller teams started having trouble, it was was pretty much over. All right. We still need to do our DBC picks. Uh, Brett wins at Bristol with his Kyle Larson pick. So that means the score is now 14-10-6 with Freddie leading, Brett in second, TJ just sucking. I got two wins in the playoffs. We should have went with TJ's <laughs> system where you get bonus points if you pick the race winner. So it says, TJ, apparently you have you. officially been eliminated contention from championship contention for the 47th he straight year. He was eliminated yeah, I can in still, Daytona. I can still beat Brett. <laughs> oh, boy. So All right, so the, you get to pick first, you, TJ. You can still make me not beat Freddie is what you can do. <laughs> wow. Well, You're not going to beat me anyway. Much, so yeah, what do you, what's it worth to you here? Was it worth anything? <laughs> No, I mean I, I can pick Quinn if you, you want. Can, you I mean, pay, you I can, can pay take for Quinn. Huh? I mean, let me just tell you, man, Quinn's looking good. Smithley's been a rocket lately. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll take Larson. No, I, yeah, I'm taking Larson. Screw it. I'm next. I will take. You can't take who I want, so I'm not worried. Alex Bowman, Mark Truex Jr. Jr. MTJ. Yeah, Byron's been good there lately, so. In Vegas? Yeah, he was pretty decent. Larson was pretty good there. First race there um, with this package. Freddie would be good in that five car. If Freddie was in the five, I would pick Freddie to win. I can't get in the five. (laughs) Well, maybe. The windows. we got to put that SRX door on. We'll put the roof hatch in. (laughs) That is the – I mean, I love the SRX series. That is the dumbest thing in the entire world, that stupid two-inch little slot. that like None of them can't not get in a race car. Like I get it, but, like, come on. Shout out to Jenna Fryer for jumping on today all the way from L.A. Shout, yeah. out, shout out to Jordan and Josh for declining to jump on. 
Man, I, you Thanks touched for on the a, Bojangles, you Brett. You touched on it a little bit there. I'm You're excited welcome. for some of these Xfinity driver announcements. You know, I what you talking about? Hey, you guys already got on last week for announcing people's stuff, so just don't. They did. I don't I think that's that all guy the was like this guy doesn't understand that. I mean, we could announce at least three deals right now if Who's we really wanted say, to. It's like I like there's there was conversations happening in the media center of like we know where people are going that haven't been announced yet. Like it's just you're having fun with teasing people. Nobody announced anything. Who's Get mad? your pennies I mean, out of a wall. What guy? What guy are you talking about? Sheldon Creed's gonna have a great teammate. Let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, I mean, I mean, people are going to be very happy yeah. to hear about that. Well, um, well, I don't tell me. I don't know. I couldn't. I can't. Shut up. I couldn't tell you. But I mean, so, <laughs> just there's two guys. I, I don't know. I there's stay two out guys of in particular that I can think of that if they get the rides they should get, people are going to be very happy about. Hey, it. when's that Xfinity schedule coming out too? Do we know? Don't don't get him started. Please. I, I, I mean, I, 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 would, <laughs> I know I gotta go. We gotta wrap this No, up. I would think it mostly mirrors this Cup schedule, right? Other than a road it's course, got to mirror two. a lot of it. Mostly um, does. I mean, the r- rumor was they weren't going to go back to Mid Ohio. They were going to go to Canada. I mean, there 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 were some rumors I hope out so. there. CTMP is um, so much fun. That's one of my favorite. Trips. Yeah, I mean, the problem is though, like you Canada, you, you start yeah. you start moving. Here's the problem, people, with the schedule. Mossport, Mid Ohio for college <laughs> racing there. is their biggest market. Rocky Boots, there, huge sponsor for. Jet. Yeah. Obviously, Matt Colleg's there with Lee Filter. I mean, there's a lot of Ohio-based companies that do a lot of things with Matt Colleg. So if you move that race, it has sponsorship implications with one of the hottest teams right now in the sport. But the challenge is, if they don't know, they don't know. So, like, tell them so they can make plans. And and, and going back to Canada is awesome. I'm all for it, man. Yeah. I wish we raced in Canada several times it's a so year. so bummed that trip got canceled the last um, two years with the I, I, I love the country. I love the racing. I love the fam. Man, we used to go to Montreal. It was insane, the amount of people that came out for that. That, was a, that was a very fun event. Imagine if the Cup Series went for that. It would be absolutely epic. Oh, <laughs> But no, I mean, look, reality yeah, no. is, look, reality is too. The, the cup schedule's out. I would imagine that it pretty much mirrors the cup schedule for the majority of it. And, 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 but man, it's just, it's really late in the year, guys. Really late in the year. So All right, guys. Want, you want to announce anybody or should we skip it over you, Freddie? Just I tune mean. in next week, guys. <laughs> All right, thanks, everyone, and our great presenting sponsor of OfferPad. Thanks, for everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you could tweet at us, tell us, leave us a rating, and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about it, too. See you in the casino. Yeah, thanks, Hannah, and hope you enjoyed your first Holla. chicken biscuit. Thank you, Bojangles, for the Bojangles studio. Thanks. Word. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it.